Hello, hello everyone and welcome to Natural Expansion, the talk show that came around and then took a little bit of a break while we figured out how exactly we were actually going to do everything. So, welcome and uh, hello, hello ah, everyone. And my stream's on. <laughs> I forgot to mute my stream. I knew I'd mess something <laughs> up. Ah, it was always going to be something, wasn't it? Um, well, it could have been worse. Could have been worse, but I just had hello to myself basically. So, hello to myself, hello to everyone else. Um, I hope you all, well, the volume sounds okay because it's very loud in my ears, so I guess I'm loud enough. So this is Natural Expansion, the talk show, which again, we had a couple of shows off, then I kind of cut it off to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with it. And uh, now we're back and hopefully it's going to be really sick and really good. So I'm Wardy, obviously I've just been casting here and I think you guys know me because it's my channel and stuff. Um, I'm going to be joined by Lycan, who is my new co-host. He's going to be here for every episode of the Natural Expansion, more or less. So hello, Lycan, how you been doing? Doing great, man. Glad to be here. It's exciting. New content shows again, and I don't have to do the fucking legwork. That's the best part of this. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one that seems to be, uh, that has to do all the typing up and the figuring out and all the rest of it. So it's uh, it's been fun, though. I've actually kind of enjoyed doing the typing and stuff yesterday and putting it together. It's been uh, an experience, especially because I've been doing some TV stuff lately, and I've seen how they do it all properly. So I've mm -hmm. got like a new meta in my mind of how to approach it all and stuff, so... That's fun. We also have the unluckiest guy in North America right now. It is Penguin. He's joining us as our first guest of the night. Dude, what's up? How you doing? I'm, I'm good. Why am I the most unlucky guy in North America? Because you always lose all your money to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, am I wrong? Loses money to you, does, does Penguin have a uh, gambling problem? I would, say, I would say so, but I don't think we're allowed to say that actually on stream, you know, so... <laughs> oh. Yeah, so, um, yeah, how you doing, Penguin? Apart from your gambling issues. <laughs> I'm fine, buddy. Thanks fine. for asking. I'm in the process of waking up. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a bit of a messed up sleep schedule. Like, even for, you're East Coast, right? So, 7pm, that's a little bit messed. Yeah. It's not 7, it's 5, Jesus. It's 5? Oh, yeah, I can't do hours. 24-hour clock, too much for me. Math, man, math. And of course, we got Optimus, one of the most recent uh, additions to Dead Pixels. How does it feel to finally be able to flaunt your D picks? <laughs> Feels good, man. <laughs> that was that was my favorite the, intro you, that I had. You probably up. prepared for that one. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I said I spent all day yesterday, like writing the notes, it was basically thinking of a good intro for the D picks joke. So seven out of the nine. <laughs> I'm, pages I'm sure this is not... just different D picks jokes. Yeah, it's, like sure it's not going to be the last through one, the bad ones. <laughs> yeah, man, I was I was not going to let it be a letdown. Uh, but seriously, Optimus, what's up? How you doing? Uh, actually, I'm doing good. Um, recovered a bit from Nation Wars, so uh, doing better than before. Yeah, well, that was kind how, of how sad. Does it feel, how does it feel to have you thermal play against all of the shitty teams so your your win rate in Nation Wars is the same as mine? <laughs> I'm, I'm as shit as you feels bad, man. <laughs> I know, right? That can't uh, feel good. That cannot uh, feel good. I, uh, yeah, I mean... It happened, you know. We, I kind of didn't expect we would 4-0 all of the uh, uh, teams in the groups. So I expected to play, and then they sent out Nurcio first, and uh, well, here we are, zero four loss. It's kind of sad. I mean, like Nurcio is pretty good at this game. Yeah, yeah Nurcio is pretty right. good, but I mean, he's like, above average slightly. 
The yeah, Netherlands yeah. is like my second home, I feel. I have a lot of Dutch friends and all of that, so it was kind of sad to see the Netherlands guy, especially Mark. They played such a sick game on Varney, like Mark and uh, Nacho. Anyways, uh-huh. we're actually going to talk about Nation Wars a little bit uh, <clears throat> later on properly, and we'll get to that. So just to run us uh, everyone through kind of what we're going to do today and what we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to kick things off with general introduction and news. So we're actually going to go through kind of recent news items that's been happening in kind of like the last couple of weeks. Obviously, this is going to be a show that happens every two weeks. So the idea is that uh, we can't talk about like the last two weeks of news. So this might be a bit more than two weeks ago because I've been writing stuff down for a little while. But this kind of like the important stuff over the Christmas and holiday period. Um, I really, we're talk- like, that you're, I really yeah. like that you're doing it every two weeks because um, <clears throat> every week was a, was really ambitious for Intense, such a dead right? game to have news <laughs> such a dead game wow that took four <laughs> minutes and you dropped the dead game bomb that's incredible is that uh, a new record we should make a drinking game out of it honestly like <laughs> yeah i just don't even know but yeah i think on a serious note to respond to your question your point two weeks is i actually think a good rate of being able to discuss it and also being able to produce the show as well because there's like a lot of production that goes in like having to ask people to come on and actually making sure they're going to show up and that they actually want to be on the show and that liking isn't busy cooking up like another meal stuff like that so well, yeah um, that so yeah and also at the same time you know we get a full docket of things to talk about we don't have to stretch things too long you know yeah. we're not scrounging one week and then you know it, it yeah exactly. consistency Exactly. I mean, it's like one week you could have everything happen, right? And then the next week it's like nothing happens. So what do you talk about then? Do you go back and make the same show again? And yeah, it's just awkward, right? So again, for today, first 30 minutes or so, we're going to be doing general news. Um, then afterwards, we're going to be talking about Nation Wars for the next 30 minutes after that. That'll bring us up to a quick break about halfway through. And then we're going to come mm-hmm. back talk about the OSC Championship, which just wrapped up and which is already launching its uh, season for 2017. The WESG Global Finals, which is what everyone's going to be watching this coming weekend. And we're going to be talking about the gameplay segment, the community feedback update, and maps, which they've actually gone and sort of fixed in the last few hours so that we can't bitch and moan as much as I wanted to. So we're going to have to be a bit more like, oh shit, Blizzard oh, actually st- did something. So We still can, trust me. <laughs> yeah, we still can. We'll just be like, well, they did this this one time. But I remember back in 2011... And Blizzard really fucked up, and that still haunts me to this day. So we can uh, we can go around. All right. So um, obviously, thank you everyone for joining me as well. Uh, hopefully, it goes without saying. And we're going to be uh, kicking off. So our first topic of news is going to go back a little while ago, uh, which is that Showtime and Daishi are going to be joining Armor Team, which is the new uh, project from Lurels. Uh, I don't know how to say his name properly. It's like Lurelis. I, I, it's French. I'm just never going to get there. <laughs> Um, but this also comes basically as the death of Millennium. So Millennium disbanded their StarCraft II roster. And suddenly, I mean, you know, this new kind of French organization shows up. But the loss of Millennium in StarCraft is kind of a big deal that doesn't really necessarily bode too well for the game. Um, in my eyes, I mean, losing Millennium, they're a big team. They're a team which people recognize as well. Like... I know, like, I run the Team League, right? So when I'm casting, I feel Millennium is always one of these teams where when you cast Millennium, everyone's like, oh, Millennium are playing. I know Millennium. I'll tune in for Millennium. And even though they've, you know, a couple of the players are going to a new team, obviously, Marine Lord is kind of retiring as well. This is kind of like, you know, is it, you know, is it going to be as good for StarCraft, this team? Is it going to be, you know, still the same? 
what are your thoughts? Anyone liking? Um, Death of teams. You know, I think Millennium getting out of StarCraft, we were seeing a lot of this where these big teams are starting to drop. And Millennium, it was a big name. It was a good name to have. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to be necessarily huge for the scene. We're seeing a lot of other big teams step up and take on uh, and take on players. So I think it's a sad loss. Millennium has had some good players. We've seen them. The, the thing that is unfortunate is Millennium's a very solid and consistent team. I never heard someone complain about their players not getting paid. They've always picked up good players. They seem to have been very supportive of those they do pick up. So, um, you know, I'm curious to see uh, who the next people to come into the scene will be. Uh, like the team that they're going to now, which is Arma. Yeah, I mean, on the plus side, I think it's uh, actually Millennium dropped a lot of their teams. They dropped their Hearthstone team as well. They dropped so everything. They dropped everything? Uh, wow. I think they dropped a lot of their teams. And I'm I think pretty even sure the Steph, yeah, I think they pretty much abandoned. I'm not sure, though. Don't quote me on it. But I, wow. I'm pretty sure I read something about like almost the entirety of Millennium disbanding. Yeah. I, I, I thought they dropped like sure. a few teams, but I didn't think it was everything. So yeah, so I only knew about StarCraft too. I knew I'm they dropped Hearthstone as well. Sure, but I know they, they dropped Hearthstone, they dropped World of Warcraft, they dropped StarCraft at the right. very least. Um, wow. So I don't think this this is not like a... This doesn't really say anything in particular about StarCraft as a scene because they're dropping so much shit. But yeah, it's sad for sure. Millennium's always been a bit of a staple. But at the same time, with Showtime and Daishi already going to Arma Team and... Um, uh, um, Marine Lord had already kind of said that he was planning on retiring if he didn't make X amount of prize money, which he didn't make this year. So nothing is really too... I don't think it's going to be that different from what Millennium would have been in 2017. Uh, same management structure, same people so far. So I'm, I'm optimistic with the armor team. So I actually have fresh information from Aeromi himself. Millennium uh -oh. closed almost all of its esports division. Uh... Apparently, SC2 was supposed to be dead two years ago, and it was a, a WebEdia decision not related at all with Millennium. So, there is our update live from our very reliable source of the French senior, Romy. So, I should have just asked Romy in the first place. Alright, then let's go away from Millennium dropping, but uh, at, least no drama. at least we got a new team, Armour Team, and they've... Uh, I've seen them kind of having the stream up, and it's apparently very popular and stuff. It's got a lot of viewers all the time, so... It seems as though Showtime and Deshi... I found a new home, and obviously Millennium Greenlord was kind of going to retire for a while. He's been saying that, so, um, so yeah, I guess it's uh, just kind of news, I guess. Nothing really to go too much further into in uh, too many ways, which I guess will allow us to just go into our next topic, which is going to be about another team kind of uh, leaving the ranks of StarCraft 2, which is Evil Geniuses, which you might think, I mean, I sort of thought, well, he was left on EG. And I guess it was kind of Hook and In Control who, I mean, In Control is still around StarCraft casting a lot, but I mean, he hasn't really represented EG in a very long time. At least in my eyes, like, he's been on EG, but I can't think of the last time I really related In Control to being on EG. Is that, like, the same for you, Optimus, or do you have a different view? Like, was this EG departing from StarCraft a bigger one for you, or the same for everyone mm -hmm. else, just? I mean, we kind of saw it coming when they started dropping like the majority of their roster but um yeah and the way that it happened it's kind of sad because it did help them build like their team and it helped the sc2 scene as well because you know it was one of the very first teams so but i guess we could kind of see it coming i to be honest didn't really know who was still in eg in the end until i read the post i was like all oh, right i can in control so that's yeah. pretty sad but um i guess kind of expected 
I do believe Huck is also in Overwatch, if I recall. I'm not sure about it though. Yeah, Huck's yeah. been doing a lot of uh, Overwatch lately. He's been he's been casting a lot. He was in the uh, World Cup as well, so I don't think it's a big surprise. I mean, I'd say the players that were left on EG were kind of gone from StarCraft. Again, like I, I see, I don't want to say that because In Control was is still very much so in StarCraft too, right? But again, he definitely took a step away from EG over the past months, anyways. So. I don't think it's, you know, if this was like two years ago and EG left StarCraft when they still had Jay Dong and Muslim and whatever, this probably would have been a much uh, a much bigger sort of deal. But uh, now, not so much. There was kind of a, uh, I guess one of the things which I sort of felt about this that was most interesting, which kind of kicked up a lot of fuss, was that EG sort of just ditched them and went on. Like, they didn't make much of a deal about it. And, like, there's a lot of drama about it saying, like, hey you know like we don't really care and everyone's like well that's not cool because starcraft really helped you to be you know where you want to be is that something you think Orc should take a bit i mean let's go to penguin because you're a manager right and you're a player manager so maybe it's not quite on your scale but you're still up in like the upper ranks of an organization for you like how important is it that kind of teams try and not screw up their pr like this i guess because this was a bit of a screw up i don't follow EG very closely, obviously, because they don't really have that much going on in StarCraft, but from what I've heard, ever since the new ownership's taken over, PR has just been an unmitigated disaster, and this is just kind of another symptom of that. Like, this is, like, it wasn't even, like, they released the StarCraft team, and, like, I think it was a bunch of FGC guys in one sentence. Like, not even one sentence each. Just like, hey, also, we're closing StarCraft and a bunch of FGC stuff. It's like, what the hell are they doing it and like it was done on twitter as well like why do you even have a website like this was just so stupid on so many levels and just even on a pure numbers standpoint like obviously eg is not an organization that worries so much about numbers their numbers are very good but like any kind of opportunity like this when like somebody gets picked up somebody leaves the team something big happens that's an opportunity for you to publish doesn't even have to be a very long article but an article on your website which can generate hits on your website which helps you in the long run like there's so many levels on which this is just so stupid and it's like i don't know like they just don't seem to have any idea what they're doing right now these new managers Uh, it was pretty upsetting in a lot of ways and I think that the new managers whoever they are and whoever controls this I mean I want to think that someone in EG I don't know to what extent EG has been revamped but I want to think that to some degree there's a person in EG that thought you know hey maybe that's not the best send off and then maybe someone else shut you know higher up shut them down and said no 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 no, whatever and that someone higher up was someone who just you know doesn't understand the institution doesn't understand the significance of starcraft 2 or these other players you know even in the fighting game community but just to see jeff and huck and all of them kind of dismissed we knew they were gone right it's not like this was a shock and i don't think anyone is upset they they got rid of starcraft or anything like that everyone gets it we're seeing it from a lot of teams the biggest fucking issue is the fact that they just were like Oh, by the way, we're done with StarCraft. That was it. And I think that that game deserves a lot more from them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's those people. issue. I think mean, even thing. the fighting uh, fighting players that they left. I mean, I'm not into the fighting game community much at all. But I know from talking to some people, these were like big drops. And they're just like, oh, yeah, by the way, they left. It's like, what's happened to EG? Like, they just completely changed from being this team which were PR like they should have been named public relations because that was how you know that's exactly what they were branded on 
Like, and that's why they were so popular, because they were so good at that throughout the entirety of their lifetime as a team. So that Genius was kind of falling. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I really, when I read the Reddit post, I was like, oh, they made the video, like, um, you know, of all the highlights. Because, you know, their StarCraft squad was probably for the longest time their biggest until Dota came along. Right. So I was really surprised they didn't at least, like, a short highlight video or even just a short video in general at post. So, yeah, that was pretty sad. Yeah. All right, moving on. GSL is back. Who's excited? I think everyone, right? I oh, mean, yeah. GSL is always great to have. Um, and it's it's just great to be back. And there's some really great highlights already. We're not really going to talk too much about GSL today because there's only been a couple of groups. And I feel talking in depth about round of 32 groups is something that can go on and on and on forever. But um, there's a couple of things we can talk about. First of all, uh, Scarlet qualified for GSL. Um, I mean, like in, for Foreign of StarCraft, that's pretty darn amazing. Yeah. I'm really excited. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, so that I think that Artosis just released an article, and I haven't had a chance to read it, but it was about the history of foreigners in GSL. And when Scarlet um, qualified, I can't remember his name, but the one caster tweeting, you know, she's the first foreigner to qualify. And then there was that whole dust up about, oh, actually, she's right. not the first foreigner. He's like, no, technically, what I mean is first foreigner today. I think that's what he was going for, but. There was a, a lot of excitement because what a lot of people remember, including myself, I actually didn't know there were people who qualified for GSL um, through there because that was before my time. They didn't go through the qualifiers as far as I had known. I had known yeah. about the you know what people call the charity and all that, the seeds <laughs> of the really popular foreign players. But I think, I don't know, it's 2017. The game has incredibly evolved. You know, If you look at the meta back in the day, you could have had Diamond players now beating Grandmaster players back then. Just that skill floor has risen so much. Um, so we're seeing some really advanced and exciting StarCraft. We're hearing from the best players in the world that StarCraft is the hardest it's ever been to play. So to see foreigners up there succeeding, I think that's a direct correlation of what happened in 2016, the fact that these foreigners got to play on these exciting stages. I think it's a, a reflection of the hard work of those players who actually did it. And I think it shows that foreigners can, in fact, put their nose to the grindstone and get shit done. Most definitely. I mean, Scarlet's just dominating right now as well, so it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. I mean, she just went huge in Nation Wars. We'll talk about that as well. Um, the other big news from I, GSL... Well, go can ahead. I, can I, like, yeah, sure. Scarlet, of course you can. I think that... Um, I, I think that Scarlet is very, very good right now, and I think she has a chance to make it out of her group, but I don't think her qualifying is, like, a sign of anything at all in the slightest, because her bracket was just actually just kind of a meme, how easy it was. <laughs> she walked over Dragon, she played some guy who's so unknown they didn't even know what race to put in on his, like, media, and then she played C. <laughs> like, that is literally the easiest bracket I have ever seen, and I have... Right, okay, but... But C so knocked down stats. Seed knocked down stats. Well, C knocked down stats. is so bad, like... Ah, you're just you're just no, pooping on our parade, mate. I am. Be happy. Like, every everybody like she's been playing on NA, and like you see these Koreans on NA, they've got like like eighty-seven and three win rate, whatever. Seed was like twenty-seven and eleven or something. Like I beat him twice. I don't think this is impressive in the. Slightest. I mean, I'm not really. I don't. I don't really disagree. I just think it's like Scarlet has been she, really like, good I, at I the just minute. Feel like we shouldn't be reading into this as like this is uh. This shows 2016 was successful. This shows this. I don't think we no, should. No, instead be we should this. look at when she just beat Bjorn in innovation. At all from this. Was, right? Yeah, we should be watching 
Well, we should be watching to see how she does in the round of 32. <laughs> because, like, th this qualifier performance shows nothing at all. I, I just hear, hear like, and just, you know, <laughs> right, right on you. That, Pango just stood up and said, hold on, Lycan. Let me take that comment and take a big shit on it. Fuck you. Oh, well, another thing I was going to quickly mention about GSL is that Terrence have been dominating until a certain uh, certain, uh, certain kid came up and uh, started to blink DTs on the Terran armies. Now, I want to ask Optimus, have you been blink DT'd ever before? One game on Overgrowth. Uh, oh, no, no, on Whirlwind, I remember. I was playing, I think it was the Russian Protoss Cougar. Uh -huh. And well, was I this recent? Was this like after GSL? No, or, or yeah, no, no, no. This was um, Way just before. when patch three point eight hit. Like so, people a week aren't after. taking this nightmare build, the Blink DT build, and using it against you. No, they would die to uh, two with mines. Easy peasy. They, they, they would. Well, either way, we got. Uh, I got the clip here for you guys to watch in case you somehow didn't see the Blink DTs. It was pretty sick. I mean, just to see kind of something different happening and like these new. Things being, I mean, I know what you mean. It probably doesn't work every game, but it was still pretty cool to watch, like, actual Blink DTs winning a game to some extent. I mean, I can very easily see how uh, Gummy Hook and Defend, like, not have everything in the same place and all the rest of it, but it was still pretty sick to see Blink DTs actually doing something. Oh, um, yeah, I guess, like, to keep on, keep a few optimists, I take you're not scared of Blink DTs then, at all. That's actually disgusting, man. Wow. <laughs> No, I watched the clip. <laughs> did um, you not see it before? I, I did see it, but I saw like DTs killing everything. I was like, oh, this is standard StarCraft for me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't think it's that good. If I look at this game real quick, I didn't see the opening, but I imagine he doesn't have anything against Liberators or Widow Mind Drops. You know, just keep him at home with Widow Mind Drops, bake two turrets in your natural, and you should be good to hold it, really. And, well, you just gotta defend against Blink DT. Especially on two base, and should be easy to hold them. I'm not sure. I haven't played it, so I can't really tell. But I can see this imagining uh, working more than uh, one or two games. I'm, I'm disappointed because someone on our stock after day said, "Hey guys, I've been using Nightmare's uh, PVT build, and now I've uh, hit platinum. So I really thought it was maybe making the red the ranks and uh, ready to ready to take down the one and only Optimus, but apparently not. Moving on, a big announcement which. I don't think it's much of a surprise. Shoutcraft Kings was funded for another six months, and the upcoming January event is being organized right now. So that's uh, kind of cool, right? I mean, biggest online event of last year hit 40k plus concurrence in its first edition. Pretty much always had over you know 10, 000, uh, over 20k views or peaking at 20k views whenever it was on every month. So I wouldn't really say this is much of a surprise. Um, I don't know about you guys if you agree or disagree, if you thought it was going to be changed at all. I mean, we don't actually have any information on if it's been changed or if it's going to be the exact same. Uh, Penguin, I mean, excited to see Shoutcraft Kings back. What's Shoutcraft Kings for you? Is it a fun event? Is it is the best? Fun. It's awesome. It's great. <clears throat> it's, a, it's just really nice to see uh, that it's continuing because <clears throat> it's a really cool opportunity for weird builds to sort of come out and meta-changing uh, experiments to be shown off, stuff like that, because obviously it's a best-of-one situation. It's uh, Every single match is just that single game, which also makes for really cool storylines as well, because, you know, it's just uh, very easy for players who are not quite on the same level as somebody. Like, let, let's say that you're looking at, like, to take an example from last month, for example. So you've got True versus Zest, 
uh, sorry, True versus TY. True is probably not going to beat TY in the best of three. Like, overwhelmingly not favored. But in the best of one, he takes him out 1-0, and that happens every now and then. We saw Scarlet versus Stats, which not not quite as disparate in skill level, I think, right now, but still a pretty interesting example. And just, like, you always see really cool little storylines like that built up around Shotcraft Kings where you get underdogs doing well, like when Stefano got that three kill against, like, insanely good players. And that's just kind of what uh, what I think gives Shoutcraft the air of uniqueness that it has, which is very, very cool. Yeah, we discussed actually on one of the uh, previous episodes of Natural Expansion, kind of the format and why people liked it because it was fresh and different. I'm excited because, it's again, it's something different. It's like one day a month where you can just know, you can just sit back, watch StarCraft all day, and it's going to be some of the best StarCraft all day. Even though it's best of ones and sometimes crazy stuff happens and the favors get knocked down. I think it's something that's really fun for the community to kind of rally around as well. Because like, I remember the first one or the second one even, or pretty much every single time it's on, our StarCraft gets filled with, oh, look at this result, or look at this clip, and look at this micro and all, this, all of that. And I mean, that's happening more and more in our StarCraft anyways with like uh, Bjorn streaming because he makes like 10,000 Reddit-worthy clips a day. But like... <laughs> At the same time, like, it's really cool because when you get hyped like that, it gets other people hyped like that. You know, if someone comes to our StarCraft and it's like, you know, you see one post, you're like, oh, cool, something cool happened. If you see, like, ten posts in a row, like, this event is amazing. People start to get the idea and, uh, you know, tune in as well. Um, something that you watch, Lycan? Do you watch StarCraft Kings all the time? Or I, I don't watch it all the time, but, I mean, you know, it's really exciting when I forget that it was going to be on. I wake up and I see the notification that, you know, Total Biscuit went live with that. It's a... It's incredibly exciting to watch. It's really fun. You guys already touched on you know, the awesome storylines that come from it. Um, I think that that one thing I want to say, though, is what Total Biscuit does is he creates this awesome bit of content that generates a lot of hype and excitement. And it's um, it uh, it kind of just makes the community healthier because we're talking about something that's good. When we have these tournaments where people get over, you know, regional locking or something like that, and we just have people discussing the happy go lucky awesome cool things that starcraft can be that they that it is uh i think that does a lot for the scene and i i think that um that's something to be appreciated most definitely all right um we're gonna move on to our last piece of general news before we move into our nation wars chat in about five minutes time so our last thing up is going to be cheese adelphia 4 which is of course an event in america run by nerd street gamers penguin was there so you can talk to he can be our expert on the topic um I mean, Penguin yourself, you had a pretty good run, fun to play event. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I did pretty well, which is nice. I've been doing really badly the last few lands. Uh, like, the last couple Sidestorm Cups, I did so badly. And I'm playing really bad on ladder right now, so I didn't expect to do okay. But I did, I did all right. I lost against Jon Snow, and he won the tournament, so I'm pretty okay with that. Um, I think one of the coolest things was just how many insanely good people... or Not, like, insanely good, but how many pretty good people there were at this tournament. Like, uh, coming in, like, one of my stream viewers came to hang out and um he he's masters one it was his first event and like before the event i was like oh yeah you know like he's masters one he can probably make it through group stage one out of cheesy delphia and then you show up and there was just so many like top 100 gm players there's masa mcmonroe <laughs> semper cybercat jamillion's not bad crayon suppy sacrilege john snow like I, i've gone through one out of the four lines of the groups like right now like there were so many good people it was really really cool and uh definitely it shows the growth of cheesy delphia as a tournament so uh really really cool to see them just continuing to do well 
And uh, there were some really cool results as well, like Tag Your Pregnant, who has the best name out of anybody ever. Um, he flew in from Cali and came top eight. Like, he did really, really well. And I, I, this may or may not have been his first event. He took out Game Time twice, 2-1, beat EJK, lost against Masa. Like, that's pretty reasonable. And then Jon Snow winning was insane. Like, 3-0 over Masa was like, nobody yeah. expected Jon Snow to 3-0 Masa. And then, like, even, like, Raze. Raze has been doing really well in tournaments lately. He won the Sizestorm Cup 4. And he got to the top 4. He beat Semper, which is really, really nice. So, yeah. overall, it's a really cool event. Really cool NA LAN. Cool results. I'm just impressed by how many people showed up. Like, I'm scrolling through group stage 1. It just doesn't end. Uh, really crazy to see all the signups, which is really nice for Cheese Delphi. I mean, it really has grown as an event. It's becoming very consistent. I'd say part of the scene now. You know, it's something which... Especially maybe not so much European people, but I know a lot of NA players think, well, when's the next cheese? You know, it's part of their diaries already, and it's something they plan around. It's something they expect to happen again, oh. because it's just become a consistent sort of thing. One more thing, though. I think it was M. Canning's first offline event, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that series you know. against Print F. And oh, my God. I was so triggered. <laughs> okay, so just a couple, like a, a little Print F anecdote. Print F, for anybody who's watching who doesn't know who he is, he cannon rushes every single game. He is in, he's just amazingly good at cannon rushing. And after he lost uh, in the round of 16, um, I went. Uh, I was walking around the player area, and I saw him laddering on Europe with keyboard only. <laughs> what he does is he binds left and right click to T and G, and then he keeps the cursor in the middle of his screen, and he uses the arrow keys to pan around. <laughs> What rank is he? <laughs> Diamond <animal> one. <laughs> That's so NA. Uh, That's so NA. Looking, looking at this bracket, though, I'm so triggered. Why? Why? Yeah, TVC, man. Because <laughs> of the There's legitimately <laughs> only two best of threes where the Terran didn't win. Where the Terran won, sorry. Oh, in uh, the bracket, yeah. yeah. To be fair, though. To be it's, fair, it's like massive. Yeah. did really well. Uh, was it, though? <laughs> I mean, but, Jon Snow played well, but. So the other Zergs all lost. So. I, I, I didn't see. I saw one game of Suppy Rays, and I saw all of Massa at Jon Snow. I, it felt like Massa was just lost against Mutas already. Yeah, Massa, I mean, um, he just kind of showed up and played Overwatch the whole time. I don't know how much he's been practicing. <laughs> to be fair, who cares about that? I the Print F. The Prince FM Cannon series is just incredible. Like, was, never before have I seen a blind defensive forge in against a cannon rush into like a 15-minute one-base game. I was sort of disappointed because apparently Printf never expands, and yet I saw the two games I saw, he expanded in both, albeit in his opponent's base, slash his opponent's side of the map. It was pretty intense. There's actually some really exciting games for how wacky it was. It was uh, pretty crazy. So, so yeah, that was that. And that was Cheezadelphia 4 as well. Again, shout out to Nerd Street Games for putting on Cheezadelphia because it really is... Um, Yes, again, it's become like a staple in the NAC, and it's one of those events that people look at now, and they're like, oh, cool, when's the next, like, Cheese of Delphi? Like, when it was on, I tuned in, um, which I wouldn't have done in the first one or the second one, I don't think, but now it's something I look at, I'm like, well, it's stacked, you know, there's players there who have storylines to be written, like, you know, I'm not the expert on the NAC, but it's cool to see Jon Snow winning, it's good to see Ray's doing well, interesting to see Suppy actually doing really well as well, I mean, Suppy is someone who you never know is going to show up and do well or not, right? So yeah, anyways, that wraps up our general news and our first segment of today. Uh, so we're going to be moving on into Nation Wars talk. 
So obviously, guys, if you don't know what Nation Wars is, then you have been living under a rock, slash you don't actually watch StarCraft, so I don't know why you're here right now. You're one of those people that just really enjoys doing stuff that has no... nothing to do, nothing related to something they enjoy, I don't know. But um, Nation Wars has indeed been on, and it's been really, really fun. Um, I've been watching a lot of it, um, as much as I can, more or less. It's uh, one of those things where sometimes I just can't because of whatever's happening, but... It's been really awesome, I think. So, um, I don't know what you guys afford. Anything that sort of stands out? I'm sorry, I'm trying to fix that. Patak is the new banjo. <laughs> what? Patak is the next Zerg banjo. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest stories from the qualifiers. I mean, okay, let's start at the qualifiers then. And uh, and let's go from there because now that I've sorted this out, I can actually talk. I've, I've, this first, I've set this up in lots of clever ways. And I didn't actually think about how I'm going to make it work when I'm live, so you got to bear with me on some of the production <laughs> things. But I think I fixed it, apart from the fact it's not actually refreshing. God damn it. Okay, I think it's fixed. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, let's start on the qualifiers. We don't want to spend too long on this, but I'd say kind of highlights of the qualifiers was, well, I'm just going to go through the match one, Norway for 4-2 New Zealand. Match two, Netherlands took a forfeit. Congrats, Optimus, really well played. Uh, match three, <laughs> South Korea against Croatia. Right, so Patak comes out. And just beats Bjorn and Zest. Yep. What happened there, Pepin? Uh, Patak is apparently not even Grandmaster right now. No. A literal god tasteless. A literal well, I, god. Honestly, I was so angry when they decided to DQ Croatia instead of just give a single map win to South Korea for the third player not being able to show up. Like, right. come on. Let let them play with their ace. Let them That's... revive Patak. Well, that was Korea one of the got things. Pretty lucky there, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, Patak would have won, man. It would have been Croatia. They would have been pretty... in the round of four right now. That was pretty rigged, honestly. I was gonna that say was like shitty. that was one of the kind of uh, big things of drama about the about the event because it sort of feels as though, I mean, I couldn't quite understand this because if the third player doesn't show up and doesn't win, it's not like they're gaining an advantage by reviving someone because they would have revived the guy anyway. Yeah. So I, and I'm sure there's like there's rules on this and it was written like this. And I'm sure that's the reason it was done and they would, you know, it, it was made by the admins. And I'm, I'm not saying it was, I mean, I can't see the right, re it was the right reasoning, but it sort of feels as though, like, why not? I think, again, maybe it was in the rules or whatever, but that was, like, one of the first bits of drama. And it was a shame. I mean, it wasn't the end of the tournament by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, it was sort of amplified by the fact, like, Patak had already won, right? <laughs> it was the end for Patak. Um, but, yeah, just sort of a weird one, not being able to revive Patak anyway. I guess, I mean... It sort of makes sense, like, if a team can't put out free players, why should they get to revive in a way? Um, I, I can sort of see the logic. It's just, I guess if it happened in any other match, people would have been like, oh, okay. But if, because it happened after well, Patak, it was like... <gasps> well, oh it kind God. of bothers me as well, though, that you had players who disconnected in the main event, in the Finland match and in the France match, and they didn't. their team didn't forfeit. Uh... Like, they, they just got a map win, which is the way it should be. But then that's the way it should have been done in the qualifiers as well. Like, Serral didn't didn't show up for 15 minutes against Taiwan, and they just got a map loss, and Wemu came out. And then for Marine Lord, the same thing happened with France. Like, Marine Lord didn't show up because he was, like, offline, and then after 15 minutes... And he was the third player, too. Like, this is the exact same situation as in, as in Croatia versus South Korea. Like... He's the third player. Right, but is the difference not that they had, like... Because both of those guys, Sarah yeah. and Marine Lord, had internet connection issues, right? Yeah, they were and, yeah. available to... So play, they were there. Just... 
Yeah. They were contactable, whereas the Croatian player was not contactable, which I guess is maybe the defining line. I guess, but I, I just still think that they should have just had a, a map loss. Okay. No, I think they haven't been I mean, handled that fine, to be honest. Like, they... Every decision they would make was uh, a bad decision, I guess, to uh, some people's eyes. But I think they did it right. Like, um, they didn't have a third player uh, available, so, you know, they had to get DQ'd. Alright, well, moving on from South Korea, Croatia, I mean, I don't think there's really that many upsets in the qualifiers, really. Ukraine, Russia Italy was just unlucky China for was him. pretty good, though. Like, Rainer yeah. kind of went god mode against China, because China's roster yeah like Max is not the I greatest right now but time and xy are very good yeah i mean i actually think the chinese team was very strong um i'm surprised i mean maxed was in there i guess because of popularity i mean because that was we'll come to that in a moment or two i guess but i think maxed is probably the weakest link because maxed's really not been very good lately mm -hmm. i've casted a, i cast a lot of the chinese players in Leifeng and so on and you'll see time and XY like take maps off of like the Koreans, and they'll always be the players who win the China versus China matchup of like a round robin group. But it's always like you know it's it kind of comes to like you know Max said, and he's like he just doesn't even look as though he knows what Terran is as a race. Like he's like trying to make like I just don't even know. It's it's crazy. So maybe I don't know. It's one of those things that kind of comes down to the vote and in phase of the tournament, which is again something we'll maybe discuss after we finish up these qualifiers. But. Uh, I, I don't know, like, I think a lot of the Chinese players have issues connecting to NA as well, and they have a lot of ping issues too, which can also kind of play a big role, because they have to connect via VPN, and a lot of their VPNs give them much worse ping than they should have. So, I don't know. I think it was cool that Reno did win, though. I want to I ask Penguin's opinion, and while my earlier comment was just a little, you know, butthurtness with him uh, on my comment, I actually want to know, what you thought of Scarlet's performance versus South Korea? Oh, that was fucking sick. Like my my entire point was not that Scarlet's not uh, like living uh, like not able to live up to the hype. My entire point was only that the GSL group is irrelevant. Okay. For any points, like the <clears throat> Scarlet versus South Korea match, like some people were saying, like, oh yeah, it was like 6 a.m. in Korea. It's like yeah, but Scarlet's in Korea. Like that's not an excuse for the Korean players, <laughs> and she's just been super on form. Uh, her ZVZ is just like absolutely insane, which doesn't really matter against Korea. But you saw it against Sweden; like she just borrowed Sweden, and like Zanster and Namshar and sort of are all very good players, and like Zanster and Namshar have very good ZVZ, and just like against Beyond and Innovation, like her ZVT was just insane. So I guess we still need to wait and see how Scarlet's um, ZVP is. Actually, no, we don't. She just two out Neeb. <laughs> Never mind. Like, so Scarlet is definitely an extremely good player. Like, I, I'm. What really worries me is that apparently, I don't know if this has been sorted yet, but the round of four of Nation Wars is offline, and it's the same time as her GSL group. In which case, she would be out of the team, and Jason would be in. Oh, in which yeah. case, like, that's not a super weak team, but it's not a team that should be in the top four of Nation Wars. So well, that worries me. Poland? Invite Netherlands, Sergio. boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, invite Netherlands. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they'll uh, try and come up with something to try and work around it, though. I mean, it's not, I mean they've moved GSL yeah. groups before, right? Yeah. Swap them around, so I don't think it's impossible. And especially think... O-Gaming actually have quite a good relationship with, uh, with at least maybe not GSL in particular, but with like Korean, uh, with like Korean side of things because they have broadcast. They were like the only broadcast of like Pro League from replays and stuff like that, that was foreign, like that sort of stuff. So I imagine they have the resources to make it happen. So we'll just have to sort of see. 
I want to know how Nathanius felt. They kept putting him out first. I wonder if that yeah. was, hey, let's let's do a crowd pleaser and uh, put Nate out, or if that was... No, to whoa. be fair, Nate played some really good games in Nation Wars. Oh, like, he did. Man, no, Nate, absolutely. Nate would have eaten fly if he yeah. made like 190 workers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, like I actually no, really uh, think he could have done. I mean, Nate I don't think USA amazing. should have been there anyways because UK should have beat them in the qualifiers. But, <laughs> I mean, what can you say when Neeb just suddenly decides to actually play the game? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, talking about the main event, like, I mean, let's just go through it because it's kind of interesting. So we sort of talked about the South Korea group. I think Canada scholars very impressive. Um, how about just before we go into USA and, and Nate a little bit more, let's quickly talk about Zest Semper because that was a really sick game. Semper uh, took down Zest, and any thoughts? Is this just going to be a response of Terran from Penguin, or? <laughs> I mean, I didn't see the game, but Terran. But Terran, okay, okay. <laughs> Semper actually played very well. Terran, uh, TVP is a bit Terran favorite now, I think like 60 to 40. Sounds about a right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, a, a just, a, just a 20% win rate advantage. TVC is a lot worse, trust me, man. <laughs> no, no, man, but... like... But, um, is nowhere near as hard as oh, oh it, it's a lot okay we're not balanced but, talking <laughs> but uh semper actually played very well i was pretty impressed by his play uh, i didn't see the entire game but it did it did look pretty good by him so um yeah we'll see right. how he's gonna do uh, in the offline part against poland all right it's gonna be hard because zerk tvz right penguin oh i was saying that Terran is stronger against Protoss and against Zerg, just for clarification. But I think TBZ is like, I don't know, it's... I think it's very difficult to tell what the actual balance is like with the current maps, so we'll have to see when the new map pool comes out. Alright, then let's jump to Group USA, because I think... I think Group USA did have some really sick games, like... I think, like, uh... Nate taking on Bly was pretty exciting. Like, it happened... Tr it did happen twice, right? Like, Nate took on Bly twice, and both games were sort of close. If oh, I'm mistaken, was it just one of them? I think it was only one. Yeah, just I think one. it was one. Yeah, they didn't revive Nathanius, right? I think no, no, no. But they played in the no, losers no, they match. They played in the Again, first match. And the I first didn't match. see the first one. Uh, I only saw hmm. the second one. And like the second okay. one was just so sad. Because, like, especially because of the amount of, like, drama that's been surrounding Nate playing for NA or for USA. Like, it would have been really nice for him to take out Bly. Yeah. Just to sort of, for himself, just like, hey, look. I'm justifying my spot in this team and just like there was no way in which he should possibly lose that game unless he has like 20 army supply and 180 workers which is kind of what happened. I didn't and see the game. Can you tell me what happened? I barely he, saw like, him. He got really ahead with um <clears throat> I think he went for the BC build and he got really ahead. <laughs> and then uh he got like Hellions in and killed even more workers. Yeah. And then he he was like up by like 50 supply and then he just sat back. And Bly got to max out, and then Nate had, like, literally, I'm not exaggerating this time, like, 130 workers and, like, 70 army supply because he just kept making workers. And then that he nerves, lost, man. like, a maxed out push. Yeah, that's that's nerves, 100%. Like, that's so sad. I mean, I would say he justified being on the team with how he played. Yeah, there was probably better players that could have played for NA, but uh, for USA. But, I mean, that's the format of the event, right? And, I mean... It was stated by gaming multiple times in the admins, like, hey, this is an event for the community, by the community. We like the voting phase because it's simple on our end, you know, it gets rid of some of the qualifier issues and all of that. It's like, it just, it's just a way to do it, and that's the way it is. Sort of like, you know, this is it. 
So, I kind of like, I mean, I didn't really like the voting system. I mean, I think UK got screwed over massively on the voting system. I don't think, I don't even understand how certain players got voted in on the UK scene. And I mean, they're part of my team. And I don't understand how they got voted in because it just made no sense. Like, I mean, no offense to T-Ball, but this guy, he never shows up to a LAN. He's never done anything for the UK scene. And he got voted in over Clad the Lad. He's like a meme, like a literal living meme of Nation Wars. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I, was, I mean, there was some like sort of voting. I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to take the bait. Go I on think um, T-Ball has played a lot more though. I remember playing against him and I... Can't yeah, even recall playing against Cladorizer since the Star Wars game. Right, but like, so does, I think does like the viewership, does the community think of that over like Clad the Lad? Uh, I don't know. I think it's better to vote for active players than memers. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think I, it's, mean, I think I think it was probably a better team that we put out. I just don't like the votes themselves. Was like interesting. Like I don't know. Like I I'm, I was just intrigued that he got in. I mean, it was really cool that he got in. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, but back to the original point, like, I mean, I think the Fenius getting in was a, is a good thing for the event because it's the player people want to see, otherwise they wouldn't have voted him in. And then he's actually good enough to come in here and, like, actually play and actually uh, kind of put on a show. I mean, Lycan, do you have any views on, like, I guess the overall kind of system of Nation Wars? Because it was something that sparked up a lot of debate and... This sort of thing as well. There was also the thing, I think uh, Group USA is a really good example of it, actually, where basically the revive factor, where they have, they only allow three players per team, but it's a best of seven, right? So there's one revive. And it always seemed to be the same hero player for a lot of these matches, which was winning out. Like, Bly took all of the games for Ukraine. Snoot won all of the Norway games. Neeb won all of the USA games. And I mean, it changed a lot going into the other matches and into other groups. But, you know, this was another thing, another part of the format, which a lot of people weren't quite happy with. So uh, let's talk about the, the voting in part first. I, uh, it's a, I'm conflicted, right? Because Nation Wars, one, uh, on one point, you know, you think people want to see their favorites represent their nation, right? So you're kind of giving them that voice to vote and decide who gets to represent it. But at the same time, you know, if let's pretend that I actually got to GM for once and... Um, I get there and people start voting me in for this. It's like, do you really think I'm the best person to represent, you know, uh, the USA? I, I'm, I'd be barely GM, but I'd be there. I think that they should at that moment have the right to kind of go, uh, you know what? We kind of get why you guys voted for him. But then again, don't they, they nominate who people get to vote for, right? Like they put uh, them on the you can You sign up. So, okay. Okay. So like, yeah. for example, for Netherlands, Roddy didn't sign up. Cause I think, uh, Mark said something like, Oh, Roddy asked us, like, hey, do you think you have a better fair player than me? And they said yes, so he didn't sign up because he knew yeah, he would probably so get more it... votes. But I don't think it's wrong that Nathaniel signed up, personally, because it's his right to sign up and it's his tournament. You know, it's, it, he, he's allowed that, to. I think yeah. either Nation Wars or the captain of the country should be able to have, like, a final say. Uh, the issue some... that I see with that, I considered this a bunch, um, like, <clears throat> oh, what if each country just had, a, like, a manager or whatever? The thing is, then it can still be very political. No, and, that's uh, a, I think that's a bad idea. I think, yeah, I think that's yeah, even I think worse. Probably. Pretty bad idea. Ah, that's gonna, At that's least gonna this way you're so pleasing weird. the viewers, right? Yeah. And the community. I, I think the way they did it was almost perfect. I think the voting system is fine as long as it's not going to get abused by, like... Well, on the thing, he's played pretty well, but there, like, there could have been examples of like a low GM... Uh, maybe let's say Wardy would be GM um, and he would play and there would be like three top 16 GMs for a UK. 
but they don't get uh, put in because Wardy's playing. You know, that would get a pretty. I would be pretty triggered if I was in the UK. But I think they did it fine. They can't host the qualifiers. That's like expecting well, unreasonable the thing is, stuff from them. No, but the thing is, it's a it's it's done in conjunction with Blizzard now. So like, obviously, oh, gaming does not have the manpower to run qualifiers. But like, part of Blizzard's involvement, I feel, should be running qualifiers because it does like. They don't have to be streamed. They doesn't have to be all this stuff. But like, and I'm speaking as somebody who benefits from the voting system. Like, if if there's like a qualifier and like the eight best Swiss people sign up, I'm probably not gonna get in. So it's like, but I I don't think that this system is the right way to go about it though. I think like, you see it in some of these countries. But like the thing as well is that it's also just a bit of a popularity contest. And some of the popular people are good, but you have some really really good people. Who just don't like they don't stream like they don't have the opportunities to sort of get the viewership they need to or, or the the notice they need to qualify when they're very deserving of being on a team and i find i find that pretty disappointing um obviously like you can't expect o gaming to, to run like 40 qualifiers but since it is done in conjunction with blizzard i don't think it would be that hard for blizzard to just outsource it to some to some admins or just like like it's uh. blizzard just like I, I think, think you're but... underestimating how hard it's going to be. Like, there are some yeah. countries with, like, only three players. You're going to have to verify their league. You're going to have to uh, put no, qualifiers the for is, them. I don't think you need to have a, a Grandmaster League re uh, requirement either because this is a national country. Like, you, uh, if you look I at, like... I think you should. I don't know, man. Like, you have I, the qualifiers anyway. So like, once you get to the main event, you're not going to have those guys playing. The Grandmaster thing kind of more or less just weeds out people that would waste time. Yeah. It does, like, but at the they, same time, like, what happens, like... You, like the way it is right now, like people like Pilly Pilly, people like Beastie Cutie, like they get kind of fucked over because they don't have three GMs in their country, but they're really good players. And especially that no, gets no, amplified yeah. by the fact that certain teams are apparently, I mean, not saying they are, but certain teams had only one player win for them throughout the entire event before they got knocked out. So why yeah. shouldn't Beastie Cutie and Pilly Pilly get yeah. an, an opportunity? Yeah, I, I get that. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are definitely pro players that have made it to GM. You brought that up earlier. Um, so I don't think the GM thing should have been a requirement necessarily. Uh, I think, you know, Masters or even Diamond is a good way to just keep, you know, a lot of people from flooding the brackets. And, you know, at the I end mean, of the day... I mean, you could have... I mean, this is like... I mean, again, there's like... I don't think it was in the overall over scheme, overarching scheme of things. I don't think it was bad. I just think it's an interesting sort of thing to discuss. Yeah. But I feel as though like, maybe they could have had the GM requirement for teams. Like, they should have had the GM requirement in the first four days of sign-up. And say, like, you know, they get enough players from, like, certain countries, but not enough from others. Then they say, okay, these countries are now open to Master League signups. Oh, something that. like that. I mean, I mean, yeah, it might be a lot more work because who knows how many Master League players are going to sign up. And it might be unmanageable. Uh, but that's just something, like, I think it's kind of fun to discuss. Like, you know, could that have been better? Was it necessary? Do we need to, you know, does it make much of a difference? That BCQ didn't get to come and carry his team or that Pilly Pilly didn't. I mean, from a lot of viewers' point of view... Probably they don't care so much, apart from, like, in the majority. I mean, a small minority, obviously, do from that country or fans of those players. Um, did it affect the tournament at all? Well, probably not. I don't think it would have necessarily improved the quality of any of the matches, necessarily. I just think it's an interesting thing to discuss, like, the differences it could have been. Because yeah. this is a very unique event, you know? This is an event that's very different from anything else. And it's just interesting that this is what it is. Like... I like what it is. It's a community event by the community, for the community. It's for viewership. It's not the World Cup, which a lot of people look at it as, and that's where a lot of different opinions come from. But instead, it's like this fun event where everyone can get involved and stuff like that. 
But if it's a fun event where you can have fun and represent your nation, maybe you should try and make a rule so you can yeah. let more nations take part, just in case, you know? I like... So, real quick, before we go to the part, the actual format, and um, I don't mind that Nate represented me. I actually didn't have a problem. I just, you know, from the, the other side of the coin, though, where people might think that that's, you know, look at Nate's caliber versus other, other players in the United States, and not just Nate, but, you know, all around the world, I can understand where people would think, you know, the popularity contest doesn't necessarily represent the best interests of the country. But going away from that, going towards the actual, you know, some people carrying their teams, for instance, you know, one person uh, that seems to be significantly more skilled than the rest of their team and then making that go further, knocking certain people out of the brackets or certain countries. I think that um, it's an interesting idea. You know, it's what's the philosophy of, of O-Gaming when it comes to Nation Wars, right? Is it the collective, the country as a collective, who has the best average skill level or who has the best players in the nation? And it's a little more exciting to have, you know, three to five players or whatever playing on the team versus, um, you know, one player getting yeah. to represent the whole country. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's any format <laughs> is going to have ups and downs, right? And the downs mm -hmm. of this format is that you can be, you know, you can have a god player <clears throat> and they can do all the work or something. But other formats will have a lot of different negatives as well that we probably can't even think of right now. But as soon as the tournament starts to play out, boom, you run into like a thousand different issues. So I think it's an yeah. interesting discussion to kind of... I mean, it's one of those things where actually the tournament's fine. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. I think everyone enjoys the tournament. It's mm -hmm. just, would it be cool to have something, you know, maybe would it be fun to change it up next year? Or what could they change up? And would it be worth changing anything? But... Um, yeah. Anyways, um, we're going to very quickly, we only have like a few minutes left on this. I'm going to try and stick on schedule. So just going to talk about the round of eight because I feel though this is uh, the kind of discussion of the format, something that can go round and round circles quite a lot. So we're just going to quickly talk about the round of eight. Did anyone, just before we go into this, did anyone not see the round of eight just before I waste time asking people? Penguin, of course you didn't. I was at Cheese Adelphi, no, man. No Switzerland. No Switzerland. Don't care. <laughs> dead game. Dead nations. Who cares? <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. Alright, well we're going to kick things off. Optimus, what do you say about Nurture for Owen the Netherlands? Feels erg, man. <laughs> I think um, I think you, if Thermal should have won game one... Um, yeah, I think so that, too. That he, uh, this is going to sound so biased, but he pretty much outplayed Nurture for 85-90% of the game. And then Nurture eventually stabilized three base. Got the solid economy up, got Broodlord Investor, won the game, you know, TVZ. But um, no, actually, Nurture played it very well, but I feel like what you Thermal should have probably taken that game. They, I think they should, would have sent out na Mana on Overgrowth, if he, but you Thermal should have won that. And then it would have already looked completely different. We might have been able to 4 them, you know. That first game was pretty much the decider of the entire Nation Wars, I think, and they won it, and they snowballed from there. Alright, I'm just going to straight move on to the next round of eight to keep this quick and simple. Canada took the 4-2 over USA. I wouldn't say much of a surprise. No regret took down Nathanius and Puck before Neve came in, won a couple maps, and then Scarlet just showed us that his EVP is really good right now and took down Neve. Uh, with Scarlet being in such great form, I guess just not much of a surprise, right, Lycan? No, no, it was pretty awesome. I mean, maybe um... because it's Neve, you could <laughs> expect something, but she just showed us that she's really good. Yeah, no, that was actually the um, that was the one series that I did get to get a chance to see, and I want to say actually the real MVP of this was um, no regret in his interview skills. 
<laughs> that was actually pretty fun, though. Yeah. Mirograt's, like, really, like, uh, become a... He's really doing well at selling himself as a content creator and a meme. Like, it's quite impressive. <laughs> All right, uh, very quickly, then, uh, let's go to Penguin for Poland, Canada in the semifinals. What do you reckon? Just give me a straight-up prediction why. Uh, 4-2 Canada because Scarlet um, CBZ Scarlet CBZ and I imagine they'll open with Semper and No Regret so Scarlet will come out third provided that she plays in the semifinals but apparently uh, Ariane <coughs> did say they're working on that so I have okay. faith Optimus Poland Canada prediction mm, I think it will be a 4-3 either way they'll come down to Nurcio uh, Scarlet Ace match Okay, and Lycan. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to go with 4-3 uh, um, Poland. I'm going to... Um, I, I think this is the rule, right? So we're You have to go the other way. I have to go the opposite by this point. Yeah, so you forced my hand, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take that risk. And then, when it, and then when they pull it off, I'm going to take full credit and say it was my analytical brilliance. Hey, okay. I went neutral. You can... I'm going to I'm gonna go and put Lycan on the side of everyone else, uh, against everyone else. I'm just going to say Canada <laughs> as well. Like, Scott is just so good right now. I think 4-3, because I think the Nurture Scarlet best of three that's going to happen is going to go to Scarlet 2-1, basically. Actually, I think, um, let me change my vote. I think it's going to be no regret 4-0 in Poland <laughs> right out the gate. All right. Can Poland, you imagine? Can you imagine? No, what's going to happen day. is no regret three kills. Uh, Poland has to revive Mana, who then three kills. And then no regret <laughs> comes out as ace and wins. <laughs> Right, we're going to jump into the other round of eight matches quickly and just recap. Mexico-Germany was really fun. Um, Germany coming out on top 4-2. Uh, TLO picking up the win against uh, Major at the very end after he was revived and took down Showtime after losing to him initially. So, um, anyway, I watched this one. It was good games. I think Mexico actually a surprisingly strong team with how good Cham is right now. Um, and obviously Major is actually probably better than he's been in a long time. So, for me, it wasn't surprising that they put up a good fight. But I don't think it's surprising that a team like Germany ended up going to the semi-finals either. Does anyone disagree or have anything in particular about the series? Major showed up. <laughs> yeah, Major showed up. <laughs> uh, I, I really thought um, Major was actually going to reverse all kill. Oh, well, not all kill, but I thought he yeah. was going to 4-3. Because when he beat Showtime, I was like, wow. Now right. he has to beat TLO. Showtime might get revived. And TFP is pretty Terran favorite now, so I could definitely have seen him 4-3. But that um, TVC against TLO, I haven't seen that one, I think. So I yeah, I didn't actually them. see the that match either. But I'm sure it was creative and all the other A TLO lot of creativity memes. from Dr. D. Yeah, I got up TLOs and everything. So, <laughs> so Germany moved through to the semifinals where they get to play South Korea. Wasn't much to say about South Korea and Norway. Snoot couldn't take down Zest. And, I mean, Solo and Saif obviously great players on themselves, but they're not quite Zest, right? So... I don't think this was much of a surprise. <clears throat> Zest just suddenly decided he could actually play Starcraft in Nation Wars, decided not to lose once again, and actually get some points on the scoreboard and took the 4-0. Triggered people incoming in chat in one minute or so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zest, I don't, I don't... Zest was like really doing bad before this game in yeah. Nation Wars. Just in Nation Wars, really. Well, not just... What was the last event we just had? It was an IEM, right? Um... Right, yeah, he... I can't remember what, he, what happened to him in IEM. Uh, his format just wasn't, uh, uh, you know, watching him play, and it was against Terran, too. I mean, he was playing against uh, 
innovation. He, he well, and I uh, yeah. he played against Leenock Trust and Sue, so it was PvP, yeah. PvT, uh, PvZ, but yeah. he lost last, last place. Yeah, I remember that now. He's just not being quite zest lately, has he? Mm. But he was zest enough to take down Norway, so... Yeah, no, he was zest enough to all kill Norway, yeah. So they go to the semi-finals. Um, very quickly, we're going to wrap this up and hit to a break. So I want to hear some predictions for Germany, South Korea. I'm going to go... I mean, <laughs> I'm going to wait for whoever's brave enough to say Germany. I'm going to say South Korea for 4-1. I just... Beyond an innovation are so good at the minute. I think Zest will lose a map, but I don't think Beyond an innovation will lose. You know, before anyone else says anything, motherfucking Germany's coming up. Showtime is going to body the entire South Korean fucking team one by one. They're going to drop like flies. It's going to be the match to fucking see 2017. The rest of the year will not have anything as good as Germany versus South Korea. I uh, I am going to agree with Lycan. TLO has been destroying me on that lately. <laughs> Creativity. Uh, it, it, no, like in very solid games even. He's just... His TVZ has really been impressive lately. Um, I can definitely see him taking a map, maybe two. And, well, Showtime, I can see him... Yeah, I mean, Germany's got overall good players, so I can definitely see him winning. It's just going to be hard against Korea. But um, I don't think it will be a 4-0 either way. It will be 4-2. But I'm going to go with Germany, YOLO, 4-2. Come on, Penguin, join the side of common sense. I am, because it's on the 21st, that's in 11 days, and uh, Blizzard has, as far as I'm aware, not announced any plans for immediate patching in PvT. No, like, I mean, no, but seriously though, because I feel like Showtime is the only person who's good enough on that team to take out the Terrans, and I don't think it's going to happen. So I think, um, I definitely think Zest can lose. Um, maybe TLO takes out one of the Terrans, I haven't seen him play TBZ lately. But um, really, it's the PVT that I think is going to be a problem, and uh, I think South Korea 4-1. I think here we're just going to destroy them all. <laughs> Easy peasy. Right, Easy. enough, enough memes. <laughs> we are going to go to a quick five-minute break, guys. When we return, we're going to be discussing the WWE. Uh, we're going to actually kick off with the OSC Championship and OSC 2017. We're going to be talking WESG Global Finals, and we're also going to be talking a little bit about the community feedback and map pools. So don't go anywhere, you're watching natural, dis uh, natural Discussion, Natural Expansion, right here on Wadi TV. Welcome back everyone as we rejoin you here for the second half of Natural Expansion. Episode 3, the current topic is not Nation Wars and National Competition, because I of course managed to mess that up in the break and not actually update it. I had one job guys, I had one job, and now it's all just ruined. Good job Wadi. I try, my best to, I try my best to ruin everything, don't worry. <laughs> I think I fixed it. Alright, so it should be fixed with a refresh. Kaboom. Yeah, it works. Cool. I'm getting better at this, to be fair. Like, the setup, like, I'm, you know, I turned on Expert the other day to set this up, and I learned Expert can fade between text if you put certain characters in the middle of text. I was mind blown. <laughs> like, it's incredible. Look at it fading in and out. In sync sometimes even. And I was brought how you have no idea. Like I came in for like an hour or two to like set it up. Like three hours later I was like shit, I really have to get over this text thing because it's taken up my entire night. Like I was amazed. Wait, so that's all automated? Yeah. By XSplit. Oh, I right? have not played with any new features in XSplit for the last year. Right, fear right, fear I'm gonna call Fear Dragon out in the chat right now. He says he told me about this. He told me about being able to select certain things in the text just by putting like a code around them 
This is not that. This is actually somehow a little bit, it's, it's basically the same, but it's slightly different. You didn't tell me it could fade between different pieces of text based on like just a break in the middle. Like amazing, amazing Ravi. You could have changed my life so much sooner. <laughs> All right, anyways, we are back. And uh, we're going to kick off with the OSC Championships. So um, I just uh, cast this the other day alongside the Gauntlet Boys, Maynard, a bunch of people casting this uh, the entire week long. And we're just going to do, first of all, a quick intro to what OSC is. So OSC can be found on sc2online.com. And basically, it's, it's a league where... They have a lot of sponsors and they run a lot of events and they partner with a lot of events. So, for example, the Wardy TV events are mostly partnered with OSC. The ESL Americas Open. Pretty much all the Gauntlet events, I believe, are Proxy Tempest events. And all of these different events are, therefore, OSC events. And basically, when you win these events or whenever you place top 16 in these events, you get OSC points. The amount of points you get depends on the prize pool of the tournament. So a $10 prize pool can be OSC partnered, but you might only get 10 points for winning. Whereas you can get like 10 points for coming in top 8 or, or top 16 or something in a $100 event or so. So uh, basically it's a really, I really love this because I just think, I, I didn't really think about it too much until I cast the championship. But it's really cool to have a year long event, which kind of just, well, like a year long series of events, which basically just gathers points and creates a really <clears throat> true championship that really builds into. Now, I don't know if you guys have had, I guess I'll go to the players, like Optimus. Probably not so much because as a European player, the event doesn't have as many European-based opportunities. But uh, Penguin, I'll go to you with this because even if you maybe don't play in a lot of these events, I'm sure you have players that play in them. What do you think of just the OSC system in general, like, and kind of how you know it's a bit different from everything else? OSC is amazing, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's high for. <laughs> it's just such a unique, just sort of assortment of ideas. They have, uh, I think one of the things you missed out on is that they have bounties as yeah, well, it was... where it's like, hey, if you beat one of these players who does super well in our tournaments, you just get money. And it's yeah. like, oh, you beat Bjorn? Here's $80. Or like, oh, you beat Kelezer? Here's $30. And that's just so cool because it's like, it's a lot of motivation for people who are maybe not good enough to realistically win the tournaments and win money in the tournaments, but maybe they can get lucky in that one series and take out one of the guys who has a bounty on them. And stuff like that is just really cool. It's a great way to motivate people to play in a lot of online tournaments and in doing that, get more tournament experience and stuff like that. And <clears throat> it's just a fantastic series of events. They also, um, at least for this year, I'm not sure if they're doing it again um, in 2017, but last year they had a, they they had like a payout for the people who just signed up for the most tournaments. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a participation bonus cool. too. So you, get point, you also get bonus points just for playing, like OSC points just for playing, I think. And also, the the top five, and they actually expanded this for 2017, so the top five players in cups played, in events played, in SEA and Latin America, like in a few different regions, basically get prize money just for having the most events played. And they just expanded that to European and Korean players as well with $850 up for grabs over the year. I mean, it's like an extra few thousand dollars being put into StarCraft just from yeah. turning up to tournaments. Never mind also, all the tournaments they run as well. Just to talk about the points that you get from signing up, like, just to use this guy as a reference, I love this guy. I don't mean this as a call-out or, like, a, anything bad, but Illusory is not on the level of, like, anybody else who is in these global finals. He's just... 
he, he basically just signs up for all these tournaments just for fun, and he wants to play somebody, and then he's going to eventually lose, like, or not eventually, he's most likely going to lose in the first round. But he made enough points from just signing up for everything that he qualified for the global playoff, for the global finals, which is just so cool because that's just like with the format, anybody who's motivated enough can actually qualify. Yeah, maybe really not. Nice maybe not this year if all the Koreans though. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, we're going to quickly talk about the OSC Championship, which just wrapped up. So, the OSC Championship Four is basically the 2016 season, which where you get all the points and the top 50 on points go into the main event. So this was a little bit confusing because depending on your points, you have to understand that it's a points-based system first. So basically there's a championship bracket and groups. And so what happens is if you're in the top 26 players based on points, you go into the championship bracket straight away. So the top 20 goes straight into the winner's bracket and the next six players get a slot in the loser's bracket. And then the next 24 players in OSC points get seeded into the group stage. So it's kind of interesting because it obviously it sort of looks it's like an insanely good advantage. And also like players like Bjorn, for example, was first seed over the year in OSC. So he got seeded into winners round five, which means he had to win one, two, three series to win the tournament, which sounds kind of dumb until you realize that it's really a year long thing. Like why shouldn't the guy that's done the best in all of these Leifang Cups and ESL America's Opens that run into this championship get a bit of an advantage. I actually really like this system, like, not talking about the event and actually how it played out just now, but, like, the actual format of the tournament, it was very long, but it kind of made it feel like a proper championship, you know, because it was like, hey, there's four days of groups, a playoff day, and then two days of this massive double elim bracket where everything gets casted. And it was really sick to watch. Like, I mean, we watched all the groups, and then you get to see the playoffs, and you get to see stories develop, like someone like Keen goes down in the first round of the winner's bracket after having a good year, and then he makes this massive run through the loser's bracket and goes all the way to the grand finals and takes down Bjorn 3-0 in the first of two series to determine the finals, right? Like, it's just like, it was like a really sick format. Like, I mean, we, I can talk format for days. It's one of my favorite things to talk about in StarCraft 2. Optimus, as a player, like, I, I'm going to go to you as a player right now. What do you feel about, like, larger formats like this? Is this something you'd like to play? Do you think it's fun to play? Or do you think it's a massive waste of time? Uh, it's definitely more fun to play. Um, it's it can be pretty hard to keep track of though. I remember like playing one tournament that was OSC related on NA, and I mean I completely forgot about it in the end. But if I knew there was like um, more, you know, the championship, I would have definitely played it more. So <laughs> kind of my fault there. But that's also like the hard part about very long tournaments. You 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 can forget about them, <clears throat> or well can lose track of them, I guess. Yeah, but, I um, think that's it... one of the things they really need to try and do a bit more, like, just make sure these people know they can, like, come in and win. Like, I know Nurture and Ufemel, for example, were literally, they literally won the last two events of the year. Like, Ufemel won the second to last one, and Nurture won the last one. And that qualified them both into the actual championship. So it was like a do-or-die situation for them. Um, I, let's go to like, I mean, as a bit more of kind of a viewer of StarCraft, more so than a competitive player, what do you think about like this overarching kind of year-long thing that's sort of got a big championship at the end and the overall format of it? I really, really, really like it. Um, when I did the Lycan League, I really enjoyed, first of all, the points-based system where you get, mm -hmm. you know, 
you're kind of reward. First of all, it helps you as an organizer. You know, it gets people to participate. You know, when people who show up get points, you make it to the next level, you get more and more, etc. But I like this giant culmination of uh, just people playing, and then you have this really long format tournament. You were talking about that. You know, it's like a real championship. I think they went from like the first to the eighth, and it's really exciting <clears throat> to see these players play for that long. And it feels like you get more of an idea of what these players can are capable of when they can yeah. play against multiple people. Um, and so overall, a huge fan of the format. I think it's awesome. I don't think you need the, um, you know, we get a lot of big events in StarCraft and all the other esports too. You know, you get your IEMs, your dream hacks, your majors, et cetera. And they, you know, they crown a champion and it's really exciting. It's really hype. But then when you have that happen 10 times throughout the year, you know, um, I'm not saying it devalues it at all. It just feels, oh, okay, we just had an IEM last week, but now you know we just had a dream hack. But when you have this one event and people focus on it like that, it can make the winner really exciting. Yeah, most definitely. I think OSC had that. And obviously OSC is its own <clears throat> thing, right? Like it is this thing which sort of sits in the background for a lot of the year. And they have, again, a couple of their own cups. But then they say, hey, here's our championship. We've just got like, you know, innovation versus Neeb in the group stage. Like, I mean, I just rebroadcast that series. I talk about that series all week, basically, because it was so good. Like, it really brought some of the great players in. So just moving on from the format quickly, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's sort of hard to go through the entire thing, so I'm just going to kind of summarize it quickly. Basically, um, Innovation lost out in the groups, or he made it through groups, but then he lost out in, like, a playoff match to get in. Um, it was kind of weird because with the seeding thing, a lot of the top Koreans, they've only played in, like, a Leifeng Cup until very recently, they would only play in, like, Leifeng Cups and so on. And so for them, they didn't have many points, but a few of them did have enough points to make groups. So outside of Bjorn, the only player I was, well, put it this way, like, Bjorn, True, Solar, Gummiho, Alive, and Keen, and Ryung all made it to the winner bracket, which was, like, top 20 on points. And they're all players we've seen all year long in these online events. Whereas players like Innovation, Stats, Hero, Super, um, Lucira as well, they're Korean players who have really just started to play in these online events. So they still made the championship, but they made it a bit further down. So it made it for some sort of weird seeding and stuff like that. So it was a little bit um, interesting in that regard, I suppose. Um, it was just, I mean, I don't even know where to begin, but basically Beyond won the whole thing uh, because he's Beyond. And again, he had a pretty big advantage getting seeded up in the winner's bracket. He took down Snoot 3-1 in his first match before going on to take down Calazirio. And then he got 0-3'd by Keen, but because Keen came from the loser's bracket, they had to play another series. And the second series, Bjorn won to win the championship. So Bjorn was the OSC 2016 champion. Now, again, I mean, we could talk about these groups and these matches all day long. I mean, we sort of, I guess, touched on a little bit kind of what I want to talk about. But just to kind of help us into our next topic as well, I want to talk about, like, what do you guys think is the importance of sort of national-based competition and regional-based competition. Because, you know, obviously we, have, we talked Nation Wars today where you actually represent your country. But what about, like, events like Cheezadelphia where, you know, it's more regional-based and a lot of Americans show up to play? How important is that? And how important is, an event, is like, a system like OSC which helps players to get involved and to help players to realistically play more StarCraft because they can justify signing up to this tournament where if they beat Colors in a best of three, maybe they get thirty dollars for a bounty or something. You know, how important is a system not just like this, but how important are those sort of events where you can represent sort of your country as well going into this? Like OSC definitely had a bit of a national sort of feel to it, or at least like a regional feel, whereas like 
the Europeans versus the Koreans versus the SEA players and so on. Uh, I'm going to throw this to Penguin. What do you, you know, just any sort of general thoughts on that sort of idea? Um, well, I think the, the smaller tournaments are very, very important to the scene. They're, they're extremely important to up-and-coming players. Uh, Cheesadelphia used that as an example. That's It's a great sort of proving ground for up-and-coming aspiring professional gamers in America. And uh, we, we saw that again in this one where there was a lot of people who showed up for their first ever LAN. And uh, <clears throat> just stuff like that is very important. Uh, the online stuff, I think, just is a bit of a different beast. Um, it's it's still very important, but at the same time, it's more just like it, it gives you an opportunity to maybe get a get a couple dollars here and there. But more importantly, just very very regularly collect some tournament experience. Like it's not going to be as beneficial as like if you sign up for like an OSC Cup compared to going to a LAN. Like the LAN is going to get you more experience, obviously. But like it's very important. Like all all of these facets are important for people to sort of make a name for themselves, get experience, to potentially do better in the future and uh, stuff like that and as far as representing your country goes i feel like it has its place um i don't think it's like super important um for most tournaments but for certain events like obviously nation wars is a big deal uh wesg has sort of made it a big deal as well which is kind of like the way they're focusing on it and i i like regional competition in that sort of regard as well where it's like not entirely open where it's just sort of locked into different regional qualifiers and stuff i think that's also very important but it's just all sort of like all of these are just little puzzle pieces that sort of fit together to make the scene what it needs to be, I guess. All right. And that's, I mean, Optimus as well. Like, you know, how important is it for you? I know you've played in a lot of like the Dutch lands. How important mm -hmm. are those to like you as a player? And how important is it to maybe say play representing Netherlands instead, as, instead of just playing in Netherlands, I guess, is the, the same question. Um, well, I think national tournaments or even just like online tournaments and stuff are like pretty key to a healthy scene. Right now, Benelux is, I wouldn't say that, but it's pretty close to for StarCraft 2. All the lands are abandoned. There's no online tournaments except uh, one in a year with the offline part. So, um, I mean, it helped me become who I am. You know, I was just a master. Terran when I first started playing in tournaments um, and then I started going to lands, meet people, learn strategies and stuff. So it definitely helps and I think it's very important so, you know, any online or even offline tournament in the local scene is very good, I think. Yeah, I think uh, I think, I mean everyone can kind of get behind that. So I was just asking because obviously we're going to talk about the WESG Global Finals next, so that's going to be our our next topic, basically. So just before we go into that, I would just again like to say, of course, uh, do check out OSC in this upcoming year. They just announced basically that 2017 is going to be the same with a few extra... That's me. Um, a few extra kind of uh, participation things for EU and Korea. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be another great season. So keep your eyes on it. And hopefully I'm going to make it my job as well. I'm going to really try and push to make sure people know that like, this is a big thing that people can like play in throughout the year because I think that's something not just viewers didn't know but players didn't know throughout the year as well like talk about it more and just get people to really realize that this is something they can get part you know be a part of and again it's www.se2online.com to find out all of that and so with that we're going to move on to the wesg global finals this is going to be the event everyone's watching this weekend uh, brought to you from Chengzhou, china i have no idea if i'm saying that correctly so basically this, right. yeah some, something <laughs> yeah. like that all i know is like the um 
like a ZH makes more of a J sound, so we'll go, we'll go with that. Uh, so that's going to be coming up this weekend, the 12th through the 15th, and obviously this has been an event we've been leading into for a very long time, and the, the topic of kind of national discussion, national representation, um, basically comes into this quite nicely because this event started out as you qualify from your country or your set of countries that get grouped together because there's not enough players in your country alone to justify a qualifier and a spot into the event. Then those qualifiers went into the regional qualifiers, so the European qualifier, the American and South America qualifier, and the uh, like. There was a Chinese qualifier, this Asia Pacific qualifier as well, and that and then led into those qualifiers, which were actually quite large events as well, held offline with offline casting and a big stage show. That then led into the global finals, which is what we're going to be previewing here today. So again, it's sort of that idea, and we just talked about kind of how, you know, it's nice to have this sort of kind of national competition and that sort of stuff. So we're going to go in and just preview kind of these groups quickly and who's going to be playing, because then we've got a couple of drama topics to talk about on this. And then we're going to be moving on to kind of try and stick to schedule, because I like schedules. So um, we're going to jump in. We're just going to go through these groups one at a time, just sort of quickly discuss them. Group A is uh, Stefano's continued group of uh, having an easy ride in this event, because <laughs> he came through the... What was it called again, Penguin? Because he went out to cast this Africa and Middle East qualifiers. Africa and Middle East qualifiers, <laughs> representing Tunisia. If I'm not mistaken, yep. he qualified through alongside the likes of Draeger and another player, Zerg Hamdi, the mm. Euthermal Slayer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Stefano gets into Group A, which is Stefano, Draeger, Namshar, the Muslim, XY, and Eric. And I think it's fair to say that those are some of the weaker players from each of their rec you know, each of their regions. Draeger cool. coming from the same qualifier as Stefano. Namshan de Muslim did good in the European qualifiers, but they're no nurture, you know. Not yet. XY, not yet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe this weekend. Uh, but the same for XY and Eric as well. Like Eric came through in like fourth, fifth place of the Americas, um, and XY. Well, I mean, XY is probably one of the stronger players of this group as well that we're probably going to be interested to see offline. So that's Group A. I mean. For me, I feel as though it's going to be kind of interesting to see how XY places and maybe X, uh, maybe Eric can come up with a couple of interesting things. Um, I'm not sure if anyone's got anything they're looking forward to in this group out of the ordinary. Uh, like I do, man. Okay, I'm, let's I'm go Penguin then. I'm hyped because Drager might actually be able to take a couple of games in this group. You think? Drager is not bad, man. He he should have won game one against Stefano in the finals at uh, <laughs> in Dubai. Like he's not horrible. Like he he's not a bad player. He's definitely not he's definitely the weakest in this group, but I believe in him to take a couple matches. I mean, you say he should have won game one against Stefano. Uh, I saw that game because he made me watch it. <laughs> he was about a hundred supply up. But the fact that oh, he then that didn't win he, he was. And then the fact he didn't win was pretty incredible. I actually yes. think that was more impressive than getting into the winning well, position. See, you're saying he's an impressive player. You're, you're, you're hyped as well. <laughs> it was a disgusting game. I, I remember was watching that, that in Was Brazil. that Frozen Temple? Yeah, it was Frozen yeah. Temple. That was, yeah. that was such a Protoss game, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that it game was... had Protoss written all over it. Luckily. <laughs> uh, uh, let's go like it. Anything in particular that sticks out you from Group A? You know, nothing, nothing crazy. I like Stefano and the Muslim, so 
I, I don't see anything crazy. I just I'm hoping one of those guys do well. All right. Um, I mean, I don't think there's much to talk about in Group A, really. I think XY, maybe the surprise player. Eric might take a couple maps. Draga might throw some more games. Who knows? We shall see. Um, I think there's some upset potential. I can see Nemsha yeah. advancing second, maybe even first. I think he can advance I, first. I think there's like a group of players there who could trade with each other and kind of create some weird situations in the round robin. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm behind that. I don't think there's anything that's like going to be like, oh, no. Like, I feel as though if Namshaw didn't make it out of the group, we'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. But actually, I can see XY beating him. So unless, like, Draga makes it out in first place, <laughs> I I don't think it's going to be a surprise. It's going to happen. Penguin's gambling addiction depends uh, on He's got, like, all his money on Draga first. Okay. And every time my money has never been so safe. My money has never been so safe. No, um... Like, I think Namshara is going to get first, maybe second. I don't really see him losing to Terran right now. I played games with him before, and he he just destroyed me. Uh, <laughs> feels bad, man. But he is really good. He's in a really good shape now. ZVZ is a bit random. I don't see him lose to Draga. So. Stefano is a, a bit of a wild card, though. I'm not sure about his ZVZ. Okay. TVZ, is, he's good. Alright, we're going to scroll on down to Group B, which is a bit more stacked. we got Nurture, Rex, Beastie Cutie, Harston, Maru, and Marine Lord, which is a little bit of a tougher group. Uh, I mean, this is all over the place, right? I mean, Nurture and Maru have to be sort of heavy favourites, but then we've got big question marks over kind of Marine Lord, how good a form is he in right now? Harston, how good a form is he in right now? And Beastie Cutie did really well at the European event. Can he bring that to a second offline event in a row or not? It's it's going to be interesting. I don't know where this one's going to go outside of Nurture and Maru. I think they're kind of definite kind of advances, but who takes it between Beastie Cutie, Harstam, and Marine Lord? I kind of want to say Harstam, but TVP is a shaky match right now. But I, I can. Uh, this is a tough group, though. But I think um, it might be Harstam, third, maybe second. I think um, Rex wins the group. <laughs> no, Rex is actually not a bad player. Like he, no, his games in um, Nation Wars were not really indicative of how good he is. Um, I think he's got a very, very, very outside shot at third place. Um, I think it'll be Beastie Cutie who goes in in third. Um, we'll see. Obviously, any of the BC Harst and Marine Lord could make it happen, but Maru and Nurtio should top the group. Like in anything. Outside of what these guys have said, I think it's pretty. Common. I don't. I don't have anything significant. Yeah, there. I think it's a pretty common opinion. All right, we're gonna jump down to Group C now. This is where I'm gonna quickly insert drama. Why are events still not seeding their tournaments? This event went on and on about being a national <laughs> event, a world championship. You know, we had all these qualifiers from different countries, and then they go and throw all top three of the America qualified players, Scarlet Major and Neeb into the same group like on what earth does that i mean there's other issues with the seed and elsewhere but this is like the most obvious sort of viewing of it in this group we've got top three of americas the second place of europe Ayasoni placed high in china as well and then zerg hamdi is sort of i guess the unlucky guy in this <laughs> stupidly like seeded group like why i mean we've seen throughout the years we have memes about dreamhack seeding and all the rest 
why is this event done this? Like, how how can they say, oh yeah, Scarlet Major Neeb came top three in America and he is a second place in EU? Yeah, let's just throw them all in the same group. Like, why is the top three of Americas in the same group? Does that make I any don't... sense to anyone? It makes no sense. No, yeah. I I don't know much about Star Ladder, but I mean they've been running these events for a long time. So this is not Star Ladder. This is Ali Esports. Right. Yeah, this is uh, Ali Esports. So this is a lot of the events up until now are run by Star Ladder, and Star Ladder is still doing a lot of the organizing for the WSG Global Finals, as far as I'm aware. But they didn't do the groups. This was by the Chinese. And we've heard a lot about mm. these Chinese. The Chinese were the reason the schedule was kaput in uh, in Kiev because apparently they didn't want to go off schedule, even though it meant waiting for three hours. And think, you know, bits and pieces like this, basically. So the Chinese have decided to be Chinese again, I guess. Without, you know, like, it's just so weird. I just... So wait... Who is all right? If it's not Starladder, then like, is it a different organization so, that's also Ali doing Esports. the funding? Yeah, Ali Esports. It's all been uh, Ali Esports. They've all outsourced it to Starladder up until now. Ali is in uh, Alibaba the, from yeah, the sponsor or organizer. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, so when this came out, then because until I just I, I googled it because I forgot who the the main sponsor was behind it and uh, so the Starladder. But I remember when this came out. Like, was this one of the ones that people are actually concerned about whether or not it's going to be legit? Is this going to be a gamer's paradise kind of thing? Mm. Or are, are we confident the production is going to be good? The players are going to be treated well? Well, I uh, mean, uh, the thing is, they put on pretty sick stages and stuff. But, like, the actual quality of the streams, I think it would be fair to say, has been lackluster for an event of this quality up until now. The APAC qualifier was really good, and I believe that was produced by OGN. But, the, for example, the European and the... Uh, and a qualifier was, oh, well, you know, here's the event, here's some games which sometimes start late, sometimes they start on time, and oh, okay, now that there's, you know, now the game's over, here's a break screen with nothing else. I like know, no adverts, no in between filler or anything, just a break screen with the two players on and a timer, which sometimes meant actually when the match was going to start, and sometimes <laughs> it meant absolutely nothing. Sometimes it meant this is how long we're going to wait to then wait a different set of time once again. So. The it was productions down to the next countdown. Yeah, it's, the production's <laughs> been all over the place, but I wouldn't say like the events have been bad. Although I don't think that I mean we uh, Penguins been to a couple of the venues. I've been to the Brazilian venue. The venues were good. The stage yeah. was good. Like I would say, I mean the Starcraft stage at Brazil wasn't brilliant. It was the smaller stage, but it was still good. Like the main stage was cool. It looked like it should have really good production, but it just happened. And that actually brought me on to one of my other points before we continue with these groups as well. The, uh, the actual venue for this is going to be... It looks sick. And it looks like the sort of place that you should expect, like, BlizzCon level of production from. If I just bring this up on the screen, like, uh, of course, now it's not loading. There we go. This is the venue they're going to play in the Changzhou Olympic Stadium. It's huge, and it looks crazy impressive. And I just really feel as though this should be a place where they should put on, like, a BlizzCon level show. But if anything else, you know, anything else before this has got anything to go by... Is it going to be able to be even like half as good, half as good as BlizzCon show or something? Like, I don't know what you guys are expecting or what you guys think, but I'm kind of worried that this event's going to be let down by the production once again. Yeah, I, I, I can see it happen. Yeah, but as far uh, to come back to the legit comment, I do believe they've already paid out the prize money and travel money and stuff. I'm not sure, but it does seem legit. Um, I mean, they flew so, all the players out, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they've it's just paid prize, out money, prize think... money, as far as I know, from all of the regional events. Okay. So. 
I mean, I I'm mean, so I'm not 100 sure. I've also got an image of the stage being put together as well, just to show on, yeah. uh, on the screen. So, I mean, this is going to be the stage for the global finals. I mean, you can see it's pretty legit. It's pretty, it's pretty large. It's like a pretty legitimate stage and a pretty legitimate stadium. They've definitely put out the money to get this venue. So I would imagine they're going to pay out. So I think it's yeah. going to be legit. Just the question is, is it going to be an event of the level we expect it to be? And I feel as though like the group's been a bit of a mess already is a big indicator that maybe, maybe not. <laughs> why would you throw all these players in the same group? I just going back to group C, like, why would you do that? Anybody, out of any potential reason. It's um, so it's, uh, inferior Europeans can advance from our groups. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's I don't know. The, the Chinese government wanted to screw over the region with North America in it. The 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 regional brackets they seemed fine, and the yeah. national seeding seemed fine. So I think they just kind of done goofed here, and they were like, nope. Leave it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Absolutely no clue. I think what they may have done is they may have like taken, they may have seeded the people, just given them seeds according to their finishes in the groups, and then right. just done a group drawing without taking care to avoid sure. putting people from the same region in. I guess that would make sense, but I still feel as though there's so many more top placing players in Group C than the other groups. Yeah, it's. Uh... I guess. I guess what you're saying is right. Because it does, it probably would make sense overall. I, I God knows how they've done it. Anyways, that's one of the dramas that's been brought up. Uh, I guess the other drama is whether they're actually going to be able to put on a show, but we will shall see. Anyways, let's get back to just previewing the groups quickly and uh, wrap this up. Group C, Scarlet, Zerkamdi, Ayazonu, Major, Neeb, and Elazer. That's a tough one to call. I mean, Scarlet probably definitely looking to get out. And then I see a bit of a scrap between major Elaze and potentially Neeb and Ayasuna as well. I mean, Ayasuna was the only non-Korean to qualify for I Am Gyeonggi, right? Yep. So, this is a real scrap for second, third, and fourth place. Uh, for second and third place, anyways, between four players. Zerg Hamdi is so unlucky. Like, he likes CVZ, but he gets thrown in a group with Scarlet and Ayasuna, who both have insane CVZ, and a laser who's so good. So it's like initially, if you if you're a Zerg Hamdi, like you see the groups, and the first thing you see is that you got three Zergs. You're like, ah, oh, yeah. And then it's like Scarlet, I son of a laser, and your heart just drops. <laughs> I feel bad for him, man. But uh, I hope he can do something. I honestly, kind like, I like him a lot, and I think he's a good player. But I think he's gonna go O10. I think he's got a very very high probability of going O10. Um, I I feel like Scarlet makes it out in first. And then, I really don't know between Ayasonu Major and Neeb and a laser. Like, I really don't know. I feel like a laser doesn't make the cut, even though he's super good, to be honest. Okay. I mean, Major and Neeb are really good right now. So is Ayasonu, though. So is Ayasonu, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's a real toss-up. Uh, Optimus, anything you think? or? Yeah, I think it's going to be Elazer second and Major third out of that group. You think no Neeb? Uh, I think he's going to finish fourth and like a 1-2 loss to Major. I think so. It's going to be okay. close, but I think Major is going to pull through in third place. Maybe second if he can uh, beat Elazer. I don't know about how good his TVZ is right now. He did play pretty impressively against uh, Poland though, so perhaps. Liking any thoughts on Group C in particular? Um, I, I'm excited to see Major play. I'm excited to see Major show up and I'm excited <laughs> to see Major play. 
Um, you know, one thing I do want to say though is about these for this format. I can't remember the last time I saw groups of six. Me and Penguin had this discussion the other day. Yeah, like we actually had this discussion the other day, and we were like, "Man, we really love this." Uh, basically, we just saw this guy like talking, like typing, and uh, we're just like, "This is a really cool format. Like, it's something we don't get to see much anymore." But it really is cool and different, and it really lets you kind of see the best players. Uh, we had groups of six in the OSC Championship, and it was a bit weird because we had best of twos. But in round robin, that sort of can work as well. And it was mm -hmm. cool just to see all the different matches, everyone playing everyone, and just being able to see all of these kind of matches kind of being played out. Like, I really like it, actually, personally. Yeah, I agree. This has been, like, my favorite format ever since. This is a sort of reliving the conversation I had with Wardy the other day. Um... <laughs> This is like, this has been my favorite format uh, ever since the ESET UK Masters that did it, and I think 2013. It's just such a nice format. Yeah. Alright, Group D, let's uh, finish this off and run on into our last topic of the night. So, Group D is TY, heavy favorite, against Jim, Cham, Kelloza, Sayok, and Showtime. TY and Showtime probably looking to get out in first and second. I think Cham and Kelloza will... Probably scrap it out for third place. Maybe Jim can show up, but Jim has really not been that great uh, this year. I've cast him a lot in Leifeng Cups and so on. He's very rarely been anything but a disappointment. Not to put it really horribly. <laughs> like, he really just hasn't yeah. done anything in any of these Honestly, online cups for me. I feel like this is the most straightforward group. TY in first, Showtime in second, Kelazur in third. And yeah. then, like, even further down the list, Cham in fourth, Jim in fifth, Cyark in, in sixth. I think, like, that's a very easy I think to the predict. one upset is maybe Cham beats Kalazur. I think that's the only think thing so. I can see. No, I don't really think so either. Good right now, I, I can definitely see that happen, though. Cham is really on point. So, like, he is, but Kalazur's form right now is just insane. Yeah, but TVZ, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can see Cham advancing. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all in the slightest. I can even see him beat TY 2 1, to be honest. Calling okay. it Chump T1 TY. Yeah, I think it's pretty straight set group, group T. Alright, well, anyone want to have any last words on WESG? Because I think that's about all I have to say. We covered the couple of bits and pieces I want to talk about. Um, I'd say the one thing is it is looking up on the production side of things. They have uh, started to produce a couple of videos about some of the players, such as Scarlet well, and Marit. Even also just at the events, though, like... Every event was better produced than the last, even though there wasn't one yes. that was like particularly good. Like yeah. Brazil fixed a lot of the issues from Kiev. Kiev fixed a couple of the issues from Dubai. Like I, I feel like they are moving in the right direction. Yeah, these like little videos that they put out, I think, really shows that they've got the potential to make this work properly, like and to do it right this time. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think let's hope for a good event. It's going to be broadcast the 12th through 15th, guys. It's going to be pretty awkward times for EU. It starts like middle of the night, so kind of late evening NA, I believe. Um, and it runs basically like 10, 11 hours a day. So you can catch it. It'll be on the Team Liquid sidebar. I think it's on the Star Ladder stream, but not 100% certain. Uh, so we'll find out basically when it goes on the Team Liquid sidebar. So keep your eyes out for that. That's WESG Global Final, something that's been building up for quite a, quite a few months now. And we've something we've been hearing about for quite a few months. Right, so we're going to quickly end the show on what is always going to be everyone's favourite uh, topic of conversation. <laughs> oh yes, I can already hear Optimus getting excited. He just can't believe his luck. He gets to talk about some sort of imbalances. <laughs> like, uh, 
Yeah, just a few. So, I mean, we're just going to mostly talk about the kind of the community feedback and so on. So I'm just going to quickly bring this up just so we can have a look at it. And just basically, I'll just quickly read out what they announced. So this is what they said. Scroll in a bit so you guys can read with me. Hydralisks, apparently they want to buff Hydras by starting a plus 10 health buff. Uh, health buff? Uh, I can't speak anymore. Health buff. They want to add 10 health to Hydras and go from there. Um, Penguin as the Zerg player, do Hydras need 10 health? Yes. Okay. Um, I like this a lot more than the range buff. The range buff mm -hmm. was very, very clearly too much. Um, and honestly, I, I think the, the Hydra 10 health buff is very nice because... Um, it, it just makes them a lot less like super squishy. I think one of the cool things is that they're not going to be one-shotted by Liberators anymore, which I've always just thought is a little bit stupid. Um, and also just like they'll they'll survive storms with a little bit more health as well. It just gives them a little bit more survivability, which I think is necessary. And uh, I think this is a much better direction to go in than the plus one range that they went with before. Yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much all we have to say. I think because I. I think it's a pretty common... I mean, unless Optimus thinks it's going to break TVZ. It can't be as broken as uh, as with the as with the old Hydra. That was some proper uh, some proper banter games. But yeah. no, I think the 10 health is... Uh, it's an interesting change. I don't think it's going to change too much. But the last time I called it, it's not going to change a lot. The entire matchup got ruined. So okay. I'm, uh, I'm not going to say too much. But it's a better change than the range for sure. Alright, next part of the community feedback was about tournaments and balance. Tournaments have started going this year, so we should look for any absolute most balance changes that need to happen. We definitely see the concerns such as early mid-game PVT right now, but we'd like to strike a good balance between giving players enough time to adjust to new strategies versus stepping in to make balance changes. Optimus, how happy are you that PVT is not going to be fixed just yet? Ah, feels good, man. I'm going to steal <laughs> some more ladder points from all those EU tosses. But no, I think um, the most complaints right now are it's like tvp early game like mm -hmm. um i can already think of three four cyclone proxy builds that are different require different responses kind of and have a different follow-up but once the new maps come out distances will be longer uh protos will learn to figure them out i think it won't be as bad they might still have to change the cyclone i think it's a boring unit right now but i don't think it will be as bad in the one month from now as it is right now but at the moment, I mean, I'm I mean, like every Protoss and I'm stealing like 90% of the points. There's, so. <laughs> there's always that period where something new happens and it takes a while to figure it out properly. And so, I mean, I personally think it's nice to see them giving it a bit of time. Maybe it's one of those situations where it's a bit too far already and it needs something to be done already by now, like before now. So, I'm not too sure. So... I mean, Penguin. Any, I mean, as a player, like, do you like them kind of waiting a while to patch, or do you would you prefer them to kind of take a bit longer? Uh, I mean, I think when there's a an issue as glaring as there is right now in PVT, I think they need to do something small at the very least, because, like, Blizzard's official definition of imbalance is if there's a five percent win rate discrepancy, and we're looking at a nineteen percent win rate discrepancy right now in Protoss versus Terran, which is just a fucking meme, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think so too. I I think like I I like the idea like I like their approach, but at this point I think it's already too far and they need to do something. But the problem, I mean, the problem they run into is like ah, oh, it's the cyclone. The, if the unit we've changed so much that keeps causing issues, like <laughs> when will it end? When will we get the cyclone to be something that isn't stupidly broken or stupidly useless? I actually kind of like the old cyclone, anyways. Like the anti-air yeah. had a good place yeah. in the game. And now I, it's like I, this monster. 
of a unit. Uh, I really like the old Cyclone. It probably used for some fun games. It's uh, so much better. Like, like... Mass Cyclone. And then right now, like, the Cyclone right now doesn't... Like, it actually hinders a, a good player. Because you try to migrate, and then you realize you lose DPS, so you just A-move it, and... Uh, I think, like, the vast majority of problems in TVP is the Cyclone right now. So, I'm not sure. I, I much prefer the old Cyclone, to be honest. The AA is garbage as well. What, you need, like, four to deal with an Oh, Oracle. there's there's AA? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is my favorite joke while casting. It's like, and here it's we like... go, the Cyclone has locked onto the Warp Prism. <laughs> and we'll see you at the end of the game to find out if it's yet dead yet. It's... Yeah. Uh, like the old, the old cyclone had utility. This one is just an early game meme. Dies off completely <laughs> after six minutes, and then yeah, we liberate yeah. us now, boys. So, so I, I really I want to repeat the you know what you guys said. I really like the old cyclone. I don't like I liked being able to kite with it. I liked being able to, um, you know, for it to survive a little bit, you know, longer. The stutter step doesn't really work with it. And even if they adjusted, I don't like the stutter step. I like. Even against ground units and air units, I liked being able to pull back. And I wish they could have found balance around that kind of utility um, for it. Yeah. It's one of those things where... Just why, why did they change it, man? Like, They had like this vision and it just wasn't happening. And they're like... Well, I, I think I'll never that... forget. I will never forget sat at BlizzCon watching Shoutcraft Kings... Watching Hydra get the sickest around and all these Cyclones with his Zerglings. And I was like, yep. oh, Hydra, it doesn't matter at all. The Cyclones have killed everything and not taken any damage. <laughs> it, was like, I, it was like that moment of like, wow. I don't know. It was, um, I like watching Cyclone be used that way. Like, oh, what was it that, uh, the thing is, though, I felt like the Cyclone was one of the units that got changed really fast. Right. There were... I mean, you know, better players. Um, you guys can can let me know what you think, but I feel that um, it didn't really get a chance. And right now we're looking at nerfing or probably adjusting Terran, especially for the early game uh, PVT. And I'm cool with that if it's necessary, but I also at the same time wonder, are we going a little prematurely? Are the Protoss going to be able to figure something out, but then we're going to adjust the game and we might lose, you know, some viability of another, you know, unit within the game i think the entire problem in tvp would just be resolved with the old cyclone to be honest but i might be too biased there i'm not sure I think, like all the problems right now is that protos cannot deal with all the kind of proxies and be ahead in macro they have to be like taking their natural way later than terran because i found like a very stupid build where you go gas first you take in a proxy factory you take cc at home I always be ahead in eco unless you really mess up. So I think the cyclone is just, yeah. I wouldn't say a dumb unit, but it's it lost its spot. I really like the old cyclone Who compared to this one. Who would have thought we'd see the day where it's Protoss that has trouble against Terran proxy early game? <laughs> like, I know. What, like this matchup, it could not be more different than Wings of Liberty. Like in Wings of Liberty, Terran expanded faster. They are all over the map and focusing on like gateway, uh, like bio units. And like dying to proxy Stargate and proxy this and that. And now it's Protoss like expanding like five minutes before Terran player. They're like spamming gateway units trying not to die to mass liberated death balls. And like just dying to cyclone <laughs> proxies. Like what a turnaround in a matchup. Absolutely insane. But, but they just um, don't 
Just don't yeah. let Terran get there, man. That's <laughs> what so they said to us for four years. Alright, well, uh, the last part of the community feedback is about maps. I wanted to talk a bit more about this, but I think we're going to run out of time. So we might just save a better map discussion for next episode and just go through this quickly. So basically, they initially announced that they were returning to their old system of the map pool. So basically, they added four new maps and they kept three of the remaining of the previous maps. Only the previous maps were the maps we left off with kind of at the end of season three or whatever it was. Basically, the end of the last season before we had the current map pool. So they were going to bring in Apotheosis, New Gettysburg, Galactic Process, as well as new maps, Abyssal Reef, Paladino Terminal, Proxima Station, and Honor Grounds. The drama was that no one wants to play on Zergiosis. No one wants to sit in their base or on their side of the map for five hours every game they play on New Gettysburg. And people were kind of sick of Reapers on Galactic. So yep. basically, no. we got people to complain and they've just today announced that they're going to replace them or suggest to replace them with Belshia Vestige, which I'm a big fan of, Newkirk Precinct and Cactus Valley. As I said, we'll talk about maps properly maybe on another episode, um, but let's just quickly go through kind of the different suggestions for these ones. Um, so Belshia Vestige, Penguin, pluses negatives. will probably be fine. Uh, it was one of the ones that I wanted to see in this map pool uh, instead of... Um, Daybreak, and uh, they're very similar maps. They play out fairly similarly. I'll, I'll be interested to see how that works out. The one that I I like groaned because I hadn't heard this before right now, which maps it was, Cactus Valley, <laughs> with carriers the way they are now. You meme and friend, like what? <laughs> like we already have honor grounds being put in, which is already carrier central. Like Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I, I sent you a screenshot of uh, Belshire Vestige, by the way. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Another daybreak yeah, for I a few months. And... Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. But it doesn't, act, it doesn't play out. <laughs> it didn't play out like that. Not quite, but it's not like quite. virtually it's, the same. It is similar, but it's... It, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not... On a grass I'm just like, who wanted, who wanted Cactus Valley? Like, why? Pretty Nobody much liked <laughs> that map. Except for Protoss, well, who went Blink Stalker Sentry. I think you mean, apart from the fact it had the best intro on Base Road TV of all the maps ever. It, that That's true. Was... That's I, mean, true. I, mean, I mean, can we give it some credit here, just very quickly? That That's it had the entire the... reason they're bringing it back. Exactly, of course it is. I mean, who cares about how the map plays out? But if that intro gets to be used again, well, I don't think you could complain, can you? Really. I think you're all just being negative. I <laughs> <laughs> I really want to wonder, though, who decided that Apotheosis should be in the next map pool. <laughs> That's like the most imbalanced map probably well, at least ever. They got, at least they decided to get rid of it, right? Yeah, so but how something. can you even suggest that? <laughs> but, nah. At least they got rid of it. I would so... much prefer Galact or uh, not Galactic, Cactus Valley over Apotheosis any day. Even what about... I would also much rather Cactus Valley over... Uh, over Galactic, and at the same time, I guess Gettysburg would have been carrier central anyway, so yeah. <laughs> it's not that maybe bad. Maybe they should, oh, you, just because of what came up next on the YouTube suggestions, maybe they should just bring Cat back Catalina as well. Yes, please. Just, just uh, for the base just, TV just, intro just, again, just, right? Just for the hoy hoy hoy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> I also actually really enjoyed the map. Yeah, I actually kind of like that. It was yeah, very broken for Terran. Yeah, I had some pretty, but... some pretty fun games on that map. It was a was a good map. Yeah. 
I, right. I just wish they would like actively really make good new maps instead of recycling old maps. Honestly, I was speaking with Amex a couple days ago, and I think that like what makes map makers have such a bad time now is just the liberator. liberator. Like it's so hard to make maps that don't like either suck too much or for liberators or make liberators too good. Like I know, um, right? Because they they're so oh. impactful on the positions of like bases. You yeah. cannot like, you cannot abuse I'm liberators heavy. on Cactus Valley. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I want to quickly. Do now? <laughs> we've we've got some opinions on Belshia and Cactus. What about Nuka Precinct? Because I personally hate the fact this map came back. I think yeah. it's really boring. Like, why do we want this split map map in the map? It's pool? it's it's a slightly worse New Gettysburg. It does it does it, it's like legitimately New Gettysburg without the the, the bottom. And the, and the, bridge at the bottom <laughs> and the islands are just like connected to the central and it's like one big yeah. alley and it's just a boring map nobody it's i don't think anybody really likes it everybody's kind of okay with it but yeah <sighs> it's such a boring map it's like having daybreak for the third time in four years are you serious <laughs> uh, when they actually announced the initial map pool that they have right now i was very upset anyways we're going to talk about maps properly another time, I think, because we're pretty much out of time here, and I'm trying to do a good job of keeping on time, which uh, I'm impressed at so far. Usually I'm really bad at keeping on time. Usually we're like two hours in. This happened in the last show, which how two hours in. I'm like, so guys, should we move on to the second topic? <laughs> it was like, ah. Um, so yeah, we'll have a proper discussion about maps next time, maybe uh, once people have had a chance to play on them a bit more. I don't know when the new season starts. Does anyone know that? Uh, I want to say two weeks, or maybe okay. the Tuesday after that. I'm really not sure. So maybe by next time uh, we have the show, we'll be able to talk a bit more about the maps and have the discussion I wanted to have about why we keep using maps and stuff. We can have that then. So for now, that's actually pretty much it. That was natural expansion. We're going to do the classic talk show outros of talk about yourself and sell yourself as quickly as you can in 30 seconds or as best you can in 30 seconds who can make themselves the most interesting 25th of january is the next month is the next uh, season apparently so that's going to be probably if we keep the same time for the next show it's probably going to be just before the uh maps come out but we can probably talk about them then you'll probably have seen them a bit more anyways just in terms of people bitching about them like guys i played a game with my friend and he made like proxy reapers and reapers are broken on all of the maps <laughs> Like, literally, I died in 10 seconds, and I think Blizzard needs to address this. So, we can have that discussion over then. Alright, we're going to go right to left, because uh, I like doing things differently, and I want to finish. So, Optimus, thank you for joining us. Thank you for memeing with us tonight. And where can people find you? What should people watch of you? Should people watch you at all? Should you just disappear into nothingness again? Tell us more. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, definitely not watch me, just uh, ignore me. No, you can... Uh, <laughs> you can. Uh, I'm planning on streaming again. I've been really lazy with it lately. I need to get my shit together a bit. But you can uh, follow me on twitch.tv slash optimussc2, Twitter, dpixoptimus, or as you like, uh, dpix. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I currently do not stream. I was thinking about tomorrow, but I'm not sure yet. <laughs> just depends uh, how soon Beyond turns the stream on, right? It depends if any Koreans are streaming, yeah. In right other words, are, no. So probably not, no. <laughs> I want to pick it up again, though. So maybe right. I'm going to change it to evening streaming. Perhaps. All right. Moving on to Penguin, the man who has somehow 
actually coach Saison Gaming into winning series instead of what he did at Mind Sunday, where they managed to drop out of every team league before the playoffs. <laughs> oh, well, you know, um, I think there was a bit of a Mind Sanity curse there. We, we <laughs> even beat them. We even beat them. Uh, no, but um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MYI. No, nope, that's the wrong oh! That, oh! Yes, I, oh! Um, I still catch myself typing that in sometimes because of muscle memory. <laughs> PSI Penguin. Um, and uh, I, I stream a bunch. I'm really bad, but if you guys want to come watch, um, that'll be that'll be nice for me. Uh, it's twitch.tv slash penguin underscore sc. I'll probably be streaming in about an hour and a half or so. Um, and I'll go for a little while and try not to suck. And yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. My beautiful co-host, I'm so happy he's going to be here with me for every episode because he makes things so much more entertaining than I because I'm I'm pretty boring. Like I, I I when it comes down to it, like I just give people the facts. Whereas I think Lighten's the sort of guy that cooks up something interesting. Man, I'm I really that... my joke's on point today, I have to say that. <laughs> this is like the best I've a... ever been. <laughs> I cook a bullshit man. <laughs> um No, I uh first of all thank you for allowing me to be your co host. Uh, I wanna say thank you to Optimus for coming on. It was good to I don't that we've never done a show before, so great first time. Penguin has always been one of the most reliable, awesome guests that I ever had on the late game. So I can't think of a better guy to to bring it back to than uh, Penguin. So it's really good to work with him again as well. And you are awesome for doing this. And I just want to say, if you guys have Twitter, please follow me at LikeNGTV. My Twitter has not changed because I haven't changed. And um, I think that's really all the self-whoring I can do. All right, so it comes to me. Um, first of all, thank you a few people who resubbed during the stream. Uh, Uckle, Grimbergen, Anton Caridian, Piff, GCR, and Sated68. Obviously, in a talk show, I don't really want to shout things out as the show goes on, right? So, thank you for resubbing. I did see them, and I did read your messages, just something I couldn't really do at the time. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Obviously, it's uh, great to actually get the show going again, because I've wanted to do this for a long time, and I'm glad that... I've A, got Lycan to kind of motivate me to actually do it every two weeks instead of just being like, ah, actually, I don't have guests yet. I'll just do it next week and go on and on like that. So I'm excited. Um, we're gonna, I think the plan is more or less to try and do this every second Tuesday, every two Tuesdays or so. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. we'll work around things that happen and come up. So it's not like a set time. It's, uh, if nothing else, screws us over time basically. So that's what we're sort of going for. So we'll be back in around two weeks with our next episode. Um, we'll be talking about whatever's happened in the world of StarCraft 2 since then. I'm trying to keep you all up to date with that. Obviously, you can hit the follow button on the stream to see when we go live with that. Or I'm live every single day this week with Team League. Actually, yes, tomorrow I'm live with Team League. Same with Thursday, Friday, probably Saturday and Sunday too. Just Team League all week long. Um, I've got the Wadi TV weekly on Monday, which is going to be players such as Stats, Zest, uh, Bjorn, Sue again. Sue just won our first one, which was a couple of days yesterday. So that was pretty sick. So we got a bunch of content coming up on the channel and, of course, on the YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash TV. We're uploading two series a day, about to be three series a day, because I'm literally casting so much that two series a day doesn't cut it anymore. So there's loads of stuff you can watch here on <laughs> TV. is basically what I'm saying. And, of course, again, just stick around for the content. Please do give feedback, because I'd love to improve this show. And try and make things a bit better. Obviously, it's our first time kind of doing it in a while, so there's definitely things to work on, but hopefully it'll be good. And uh, yeah, hope you uh, 
you all had fun. Hit us up on everyone up on Twitter. Check out their streams. And until next time, peace out and have a good one. This was Natural Expansion by Wardy TV. Bye.